0: Fan ten years ago, you told your wife you wanted to be a filmmaker. What was going on in your life at that time?
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, woke up one day ten years ago and uh, shocked her by going, "Hey, you know, um, I think I want to make movies." And she was like, "What? What are you? I mean, what are you talking about?" And um, I think what was going on in my life was, uh, I just, you know, you know, I was a photographer at the time, and I just loved stories. And at the time. I was telling stories of one frame, then I was like, "Oh, be interesting if I just could could write a story, you know, write a movie." And you know, I didn't know what the first thing about um, what making a movie is all about, and I wasn't even one that watched a lot of movies. And she was the one; she was one in in our relationship that watched movies. And um, but I wanted to tell stories, and and uh, so I like went to Amazon. No, I went to the to uh, this place in in Dallas it's called half price books and um, I would buy buy as many books I could about screenwriting or movies or what directors wrote and I would just read that and um, get my hands on as much scripts as I could and I spent the next like year or two just writing and um, uh, and that at that time the 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 DSLR camera came about and um, Canon came out and you start you know, doing great videos, and I was like, "Oh, this is a nat- seemed like a natural transition from being a photographer. Now it could be a videographer." Um, so uh, that was sort of the, the the start of it all. My kind of desire to like um, change things up, tell more stories in a in a different way. Um, and then she and she was like, "Oh my gosh, uh, you, you just started your photography career, and it's going good." Um, Why don't you open up a restaurant too and do everything that's like you know like percentage wise difficult to do and um, so I just I just became disciplined and woke woke up each morning and try to write write um, a sentence so and then 10 years later you know um, you got to film
0: and previously were you an early riser or was this a new routine you were getting into
1: Um, I think I'm I think I am personally an early riser uh, especially with writing there's there's a for me personally uh, I find I find that from six to nine a.m there's a uh, I write best there that time and it's a struggle after 9 a.m so I think it's because I get up right away everything's quiet and if something's brewing that night before, I uh, I have a, a better um, clarity of it. Some people work at different hours, but I just found over the years um, that was my sweet spot um, because I think it felt lo- like alone. No- nothing could uh, could bother me, and you know I didn't want to be on the computer, and I could be quiet and things like that. So that was my my sweet spot though I don't wake up at six every every morning it just depends if, if I'm working on a project I uh, I would get up that early
0: I thought about Charles Bukowski would start at noon so yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah. but what do you think happens after 9 a.m is it just something mental in your brain that I, you're...
1: I think it's because a couple hours of our I think what happens especially for me I'll, I was because um, your brain's always like trying to f- solve problems solve like What does this character have? What's the story? What's happening? So it's almost like you're constantly doing a Rubik's cube and not getting one side done, you know. And that's how I always felt. So after three or four hours, there's fatigue, I think, for me. Um, So I would take a break, or I would just force myself um, to work on something. Um, And uh, you know, I took it kind of seriously because I I didn't. I think I got tired of not taking in everything else so not seriously in my life and I was like what, what, what would I wake up each day that I would enjoy and try to get better at and um, and, and writing was something that was personal you know, for me that that no one could uh, take away um, so I didn't have to wait for um, a, a producer or, or, or an actor or if I was in a band I didn't have to wait for the drummer or the bassist or I could just get up and write, and, and I think that was so freeing, and that's what I enjoyed enjoyed about the idea of writing a script, um, versus a novel. You know, uh, a script in my head was like a hundred-page poem, and I always wanted to be a poet for some reason. Uh, you know, and I knew that each word um, had a lot to it, that it. you know, you can't waste waste a word or a space. You know, so that's the, that, that's how I think I got better my scripts weren't so tight um, they were just on uh, these things but I think now 10 years later um, they you know, I cliches are correct for a reason You know, they keep saying like kill your babies like what's that mean I was like oh that's such a great line or a great scene or great dialogue and I'm like oh, it just doesn't fit you just kind of got you got to knock it out and then I got a little bit better of um, not crying when I have to kill my own little baby, babies, but uh, writing is something I uh, enjoy. You know? So, waking up each morning, I get excited for that. But then, it, you know, I'm not a robot, so I get fatigued and tired out.
0: Does something have to have meaning, like an intense meaning, for you to want to take time to do it?
1: Um, that's good. Uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so it had to mean something for me or something for me to investigate Um, but I think as I get older I'm really investigating myself I think that's what I'm trying to find even with these stories with all these different characters it's I think it's like it's a way of me trying to understand what what I'm about and again that's very ego driven being a director in this is all like this but you know but I think I'm trying to see how I relate into this world and 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 what what inspires me what makes me scared what makes me happy and and um, you know I, if I have a certain feeling I, I just hope there's another human being that possibly possibly might have the same feeling so that's how um, you know your work might be able to connect I think uh, if someone out there you know um, feels the same way and that's all you could hope for As an any artist is try to get what you what you have in your brain your heart out and then if it comes out correctly uh, maybe someone might understand that yeah
0: and climbing the corporate ladder is ego driven too so mm-hmm. you know that yeah. the artists get a bad rap and writers and, and and I understand that there's a lot of internal stuff that comes out in people's work but you know, people climbing a corporate ladder also oh yeah <laughs> I, was,
1: I, I was talking to a friend who who was a scientist prior to becoming a filmmaker and he's like the the, the cutthroat world of of being in being a scientist and getting that research grant getting this taking credit for um, certain findings and things it's just another thing hey that
0: might be a movie idea <laughs> wow yeah that's true two, <laughs> The black swan people. of a, yeah of a,
1: a science
0: world from the moment that you told your wife you wanted to be a filmmaker what immediate changes did you make in your life
1: in terms of craft or trying to understand it was um, reading and studying everything I could about about um, writing about um, you know, how how It's structured, or how people, how you format, and just the basics of things. So, I kind of took it as my own way of um, going, making my own school. You know, of like, I want to learn this. This is this is interesting. You know, I just can't, you know, write on a um, napkin or or, or legal pad. I just wanted to see that. You know, I guess I could, but I I didn't. So the changes I made was was really making a commitment. Um, to trying to get better at it it wasn't a, a, a thing that I said this is going to be a career. It was a thing that was like I just wanted to do it you know um, so I didn't know if it was even going to be something feasible that that didn't even cross my mind. I just it gave me something that I could wake up and, and do and challenge myself um, and and that, I think I just never reached a point where um, I was frustrated enough to quit. I think that was. That was what um, the uh, screen screenwriting because obviously once you have a script then you needed to you know pro- you know produce the thing so you have to shoot the thing and then I, I think I just got um, I just try to do it all because it seemed fun you know call call my friends up or my family and go hey could you just you know come could we just spend this weekend and, and we and and do this and um, uh, and then that's how it all began, you know, just to see if I could do it um, from start to finish. Um, so, and, then, and when I did a short film, um, it was fun. It was I, I liked the whole process, the storyboarding, the getting people together, um, uh, mapping things out, and 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 seeing the words come alive um, f- from from uh, actors or or family members. I don't know. if it, I would call them actors, but but um, uh, they were gracious enough to. Um, help me out so
0: you said previously you went to a bookstore that was in Texas sorry was it in Dallas or where was yeah it? Dallas oh, okay. uh, and,
1: and, and it was half it's called half price books um, yes. which which um, people would sell back their books and, and it had you know you could get all these books for really really um, you know cheap and and things like that so I I, I would buy a whole bunch of uh, um, like Books on directors, books on. Um, I think I got the Robert Rodriguez book there, the um, the Rebel um, book, and then I got a couple other, tons of other things, and then um, then I was search for scripts scripts online to read. You know, thank goodness for the internet. You, I mean, it's like you could just get anything you want, and you know, and 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 that's what I, you know, um, that's what helped me. You know. You know, um, just trying to get learn and learn and learn and get better
0: were there other writers in the Dallas area or was that something that was not part of the culture at that time
1: there's um you know I've always had uh, I always wish I was able to be more uh, gregarious or open get, get involved more with the, uh, the community or specifically the film community or theater um uh I I I just didn't wasn't able to do that uh, at that point because I think um I didn't know where I was headed myself so I just started just to write I think it was such an isolating and freeing thing um but I I really didn't meet too many other um filmmakers at the time because I, I didn't think I was one I was just trying to write write, you know and um and and uh, figure it all out Uh, I sort of did the same thing with my photography um, career and uh, you know there's many ways where you you could go you could become an assistant you can do this I just called myself wrote a business plan and called myself a photographer and shot as many things I can weddings and and and, and things I could and 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 figure out lighting and, and 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 all that kind of stuff and then I think I work better that way on um, uh, it might not be the right way but it at least I could kind of like know you know understand understand what I'm doing wrong but I I you know oftentimes I wish I did have a mentor group and go hey what's you know my second act sucks why am I why am I always drowning in this and they could say hey, you don't have this there's not a defined goal there's this you know blah 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 um, but I was really honest because if you read a script like ordinary people if you read a script like leaving las vegas and then you read your script you got to be sort of honest and go it's not close yet you know you got to work on that why, why how come I can't why am I turning each page like these other scripts that I love and that was the same thing when I was a photographer when I looked at photos in the magazines I had to go I to be a photographer or, or working photographer the hard truth is my photos have to look as good or better than this so until I was able to do that uh, and gain the confidence um, I was just hard on myself in that way so um, I just got to get better whether it took two days or two years or 15 or 10 I, I was um, ready to put in put in that because um, I don't know why you just kind of like keep going and because you wanted to get better I think um, uh, so I took the same approach with with filmmaking and screenwriting. Um, I, I wanted to write scenes that that made me turn the page myself.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's okay to just not be part of a group? You know, there's a lot of pressure, especially in Western culture, to be part of a group and join something and do all that. And that's great. Some people really rise to the occasion. I think some people are better just by themselves internally
1: yeah that's a great I think it's up to your personality and I think you you need to find that balance it's like sort of like dieting I guess it's like you can't do one extreme especially with filmmaking writing itself is so alone but the filmmaking process is so collaborative so you need to work with other others and be, be able to do that so so that's what I wanted to do I wasn't wanted to strictly be a writer I wanted to to work with other people but I love the isolation of the writing process but now I've learned the the beauty of rewriting and 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 the input of other people and 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 getting notes and and getting go hey this is you know you gotta you gotta get into the to it faster you know you got to do this oh this is maybe not so so um, you know so right for the for the story so i like I like taking notes um because it it get it gets me to think of other things because when you're writing for a script, it could take you three, six months, four months, whatever you're so alone and um, that maybe that's why other people have writing partners um you know, so you could bounce ideas, but to get notes it gives me an an idea oh, I never thought about that. let me plug that in and maybe I could come up with something else it, it's pretty freeing for me to to, to do that and um, uh, not take it personal you know? and 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 maybe I'm just more optimistic that go like people are telling you this not because they don't want you to make a crappy story it's because they think it could help and it's your job to synthesize all that information and see if it it does I think that's that's what happens that's even being a director because you get like so much information and, and so many uh, decisions you have to make um, and it, you have to make it within split seconds sometimes and hey is this makeup too heavy hey what's the color of that clothes or are we, is this location work on uh, are we going to do another take does this the actor um, feel safe you know I think it just you know happens so much so um, you really have to be on your toes and and um, adaptable I think you, I think that that's a, um, a vital skill even for screenwriters is to be adaptable and um, to take to take notes well
0: and it's feedback criticism
1: feedback criticism um, and go just get back to work and and take it in. and you know what you could do it you make a version of the notes you could do it and if you don't like it you go back to the previous version and continue that way but at least you shouldn't have a. If you follow that process, for, that, for at least for me, I wouldn't have a um, writer's block, you know, because someone gave you a a, a door. Go to this door. It might not might, might not be the right door, but you get to go through it. So you could write that out, and you're like, oh it doesn't. I didn't feel right. Or maybe you know, maybe I'm missing that scene. We need to add that scene in again. So. Um, it's, it's it's interesting process it's it's definitely like sculpting you know it's you could continuously keep writing it's it's weird something maybe it's it's funny just to drop the pen and stop writing because I can you, I could I'll reread this reread the script constantly or the first page the first line and go I gotta stop and I'm a little obsessive now I, I take a break and you know um even the rhythms, I would read it out loud. The feel of the words, flow right. You know, um, uh, so that's that's what I, because I would imagine if I was a reader, if I was reading this, and if it's boring, or, or, or that exposition's too long, or the state or the scene headings too long, I, you know, I, I need to cut that out. You know, so that's that's sort of my process lately, is cutting, cutting, cutting. I think that's being an editor because I edit as well so you get used to um, cutting you know cutting pieces
0: together looking back on it now do you think you made the right choice for yourself choosing the filmmaking path knowing that you wanted to challenge yourself it sounds like you you don't compete with others you kind of are very much about challenging yourself maybe I'm wrong you know if
1: I if I you know think about it and and um, you know, I, I'm very lucky to be able to make that choice and and feel like it is the right choice um, uh, certainly it's it's not the easiest of paths um, uh, to, to take you know, it, it's 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 not like if you go um, get your bachelor's and you get your master's or phd and then you you do your residency and you do your and you pass a license that you're going to be a psychologist, you know. There, there isn't like routes, and and, and there isn't a structure that even determines that you are. Um, so there's, well, there was blind faith. I think it's just more of like um, uh, you do something, and then you get obsessed about it, and you do everything you can to make it happen. I think that's just ex- what happened. What happened to me, um, and filmmaking. Ended up being a medium I was drawn to because I, I kind of failed at everything else. I, I I was I wanted to be a musician and that didn't work out. I wanted to be a writer that I didn't that, that didn't work out. Um, and I and I, I was got into photography and I got this and I was like, wow, you could combine that all and that's what filmmaking is called. I never even knew that was possible, you know. Um, so once I knew that the possibilities of it, it maybe. I felt like a kid again. I was like, so I think that's what drove me, and 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 telling a story um, visually um, with music with sound. Um, uh, That that was, I was hook, line, and sinker, you know, and 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 coming up coming up with stories each time and developing that, and then now you know working with actors, working with. Art department, working with the crew, uh, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. You know, you you, you asked me before um, about being, um, you know, isolated, but now you get to get out of your hibernation and then play. You know, play with everyone. Um, I think that's the f- fun part about filmmaking.
0: And I think you said, just off camera, you knew what you didn't want. Yeah, you know, uh, and so yeah, that, that's an yeah exa-
1: ex- ex- exactly exactly I, I was very good at good at that I was I maybe not didn't know what I want but I knew what I didn't want and that's the same thing with like if I compose something in a frame I know I didn't want that in the frame I don't want that in a frame so so what is it that you that's left in the frame um, so I took the a sim- similar approach on um, uh, you know, I didn't want this to happen. I didn't want to have regrets. I didn't want to, um, you know, uh, because I did. I had those before. I wasted time. I wasted this. I didn't have confidence. I didn't have these things, and um, and so when I started, like you asked, um, I just started one day at a time to see if I enjoyed it, and then um, if I didn't, I probably would have been obsessed with. Uh, making ramen noodles that'll be the next thing oh, how do you make those noodles how do I get it right right texture oh is this broth right okay then you want to sell it then you want to do it so I probably would have been obsessed with something else if I didn't you know, fall like in love with filmmaking
0: at what point in this journey did you begin your production company
1: early on so once you sort of um, started you know, the short films and things like that I just um my first short film was called um, Balloons Go Pop. And then so I started Go Pop Films. And um and that started with um the short films that I was I was doing. And and then when we embarked on making the feature film, uh we partnered up with Red Productions, um and uh which is uh based in Fort Worth, Texas and Santa Monica. And then um and then recently, we um, started a commercial division of uh, rep- representing different um, commercial directors. Um, for for that, so it was a slow process. Um, it was me all the way back then, and then just learning the business of things, and then going, "Hey, you know, if this person could start um, a production company, what's stopping me from?" Legal paperwork, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, so um, that's that's exactly um, the path. And I wanted to have something I I could um, control as as a business. Yeah.
0: Can you talk about the process for starting your business, like step by step? What did you do?
1: Yeah. So um, it depends on you know. Obviously, if you start out first, if you, if it's just by yourself, uh, for people out there not knowing you could you could be a sole proprietor so you don't have to, you know you could you don't have to um, start an LLC um, we I eventually moved into um, gopot films as an LLC um, to to gain the protection of that but with that in mind there's different fees uh, involved. Um, State fees, state, different you know taxes and things like that um, involved. So, being like a producer versus like a director or anyone like that, you know, um, you you have to sort of be on top of all the legal uh, regulations, the taxes and things like that. Um, so when you start like. Your production company, whether it's a commercial production company, um, you you start charging people on um, fees, um, producing video content, editing, and then and then you would charge that. Then that'll be your revenue for the year, and you minus all your expenses, and then you know, um, at first I, w- I was doing my t- all my taxes and things, and then you want to find a good <laughs> a good accountant. After a while, it gets a little bit hairy and things like that and for those who are maybe starting a, a film or a movie or feature film we uh, we had our films called all roads to perla prior to that it was called uh, sleeping in plastic we started sleeping in plastic llc so the film itself is its own entity um, um, separate from go pop films you know? so each film that you will make will have its own um, you know, life um, so that's sort of the progression of that of that so I had this idea that wow okay I'll have go pop films and we'll do um, films we do short films and hopefully get into feature films and then had this other great idea because I was trying to get into the commercial world of 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 directing and video and then instead of being in other people's rosters oh why don't I create my own um Commercial vision and 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 put uh, and collect talent that I think are, are that have a great voice and and and, and professional and could deliver, um, you know, video content and 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 start started that way. So I liked the producing part. After I did after I was um, produced the first feature film, I was like, whoa, this is a pain in the butt. But you learn so much, then you almost like don't want to. For me, I always like I like producing. I think it became um, it was fun, you know, to put things together um, to help uh, a director uh, help their vision come alive with this, with the constraint of the budget. And that's that's the, that's the key. You know, I was lucky to work with Red Sanders and Derek Derek Brown from Red Productions when I first met them. They're like man how could we um, help you make your your vision and I was like that is, wow everyone else they were very honest about that and I remember Derek um, Brown was like that's part of about being a good producer is helping the director um, get their vision out there and come alive and and, and that's what I would like to do with other Filmmakers is helped the, them get their you know vision alive. So I love that aspect too. You know,
0: did you form the LLCs yourself, or did you use a lawyer or some type of legal service? Oh, LegalZoom. We oh, did okay.
1: LegalZoom, right there. It was, it's um, pretty pretty easy. That's that's what we did for um, GoPop Films. Yeah,
0: and and then for the the movie as well.
1: No, uh, for the movie, um, Red uh, Productions. Red Entertainment and us, we had a um, a lawyer, because um, the the I believe our because um, we were shooting in in Oklahoma and Texas, so we we had you know a couple different um, uh, kind of more um, uh, kind of that more more uh, complicated things. So we Red Red had a lawyer that he always used um, for their their films that so we went with the same one for because this this would be, would have been their seventh film that they've done our film so um uh I was going with them you know it's like it's I think that's the fun, funniest of the thing I've learned is this whole like industry I've learned is it's about leverage it's kind of interesting when I was starting and and trying to push the script around and they would go oh you haven't done a feature film before it's all you have this is all about execution you got could you execute this can you do that and then then once once I was fortunate enough to work with red productions who've done all these great films before I I was able to work with that's like playing with someone who is better at you in tennis so you get better so those these last three or four years working with all these people w- was was a dream because it was I was still absorbing and learning to, um, what this industry is about what's producing about what's the legal work what's how do you get things done um, you, you know, it's like like being a director is is different being a producer you can't have a sustainable career if you don't make your investors money back being a director even though you the movie might not be a financial success, but it might you know, garner some accolades. Your career could keep keep going. So the producer's role is really—it's um, brutal. You—it's—it's ha- it's strictly business. You know, you gotta—you um, gotta make your investors' money back, and that's a different different mindset. You know, um, so I love both all the challenges of it.
0: What's one thing that was a surprise, whether it was the paperwork, forming the LLC, talking to the attorney, that you were so glad that you'll always take with you moving forward? That maybe it was a surprise, whether it was you didn't know when the fees for the LLC were due, like just <laughs> different things, <laughs> which I know uh, those, those come up quick. when
1: you get an uh, IRS uh, a letter coming at you that's a big surprise. yeah yeah
0: well it took Al Capone down yeah yeah so
1: you don't want to mess with the the IRS so the surprise is um, there's always a surprise you know the surprise is uh, um, if you get used to um, learning if you get used to your mistakes and but don't repeat them I think that's that's great because no I mean you could go to all these great schools, like producing and or business schools, and learn a lot of things. But it's something about being in the trenches and go. Oh my gosh, that eight hundred dollar fee. It's what's the date, October fifteenth? It has to be in. You know, it's like so. so um, oh, you know, did the actors? Did we get the 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 agreements done? You know, with the uh, the agents come and talk, and did we get this signed? So. The surprise is get everything in writing, sign everything. Um, it's all business. You know, there's a reason it's why it's called the movie business, not the movie. Let's make Van's art. You know, it's 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 uh, it's uh, you got to enjoy the, that aspect of it. Uh, but if you love storytelling and you know how to um, kind of play the play and learn the rules of the movie. Business and and then um, I think you'll you know enjoy it.
0: Great. Yeah. Yeah. No. No one wants to get a letter.
1: <laughs> yeah. No one wants to get a letter from the IRS, and then you know.
0: And that's one of those things where you want to call right away. And yeah. Even if you're on hold for two hours. You yeah, just wanna yeah. so handle it's, that.
1: It's it's all those things and there's fees and they and they'll just keep keep going. So, um, you know the things I get I guess. If, thing that um, surprised me probably is uh once you think you have it all sent and done there's always something else you know it's like, oh there's like I thought we did that then the deliverables then we get deliver that or then wasn't that signed or what do you mean you know it's like you have to be you have to be very thorough
0: yeah when you formed your production company did you take out a loan to purchase equipment
1: yeah um so when we when I, when I first started before on um, the equipment was on um, just you know like your DSLR um, cameras your your um, your, uh, your sound lights and everything so it was it was credit cards you know it was credit cards um, I, d- I didn't do a per uh, like a personal loan and this was like 10 years ago 10 plus years ago yeah and then um, but then, as you get more involved, and you know what, what's going, when we've switched from um, sole proprietor to LLC, that's when we, you know, you, you had investors in, in in the company. So then, and then you had capital and equity and things like that that you have to um, sort out. But I I was just like any other small um, business owner with it with their dream and and credit cards that's it's a rough rough game I I, I had a friend who who um, uh, opened up this bar with eight nine credit cards and it became the most popular bar like it won like most popular bar in the world like um, like a couple years back it's called uh, employees only and uh, and I remember way back when, and they had this dream, and, and they did it. It's not a g- <laughs> a good uh, start, but it was the only start I had because I wanted I wanted to do it, you know. Um, and I I didn't have like I didn't go to the bank and go, hey, I need fifty thousand dollars to start this. I didn't go to small business loans. Um, I kept my overhead low. That's the thing. So then once you have start having jobs. Um, you know, then you could pay things out. So the key is keeping your overhead low, which means you know, don't be straddled with with um, rent, payroll. Um, if I would spend on anything, I didn't spend that much on on equipment. I spent more on marketing. Um, I would do that because uh, so that's what I would would I we still do, you know
0: yeah and don't be late with that credit card payment because oh yeah $29 late fee then goes you get, the credit it, that, and
1: then, you get yeah.
0: a call get eight o'clock on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the, Hi, it, can i can going to speak to van please yeah, yeah. exactly you know,
1: you know you, and yeah you, you asked uh, the, that question like is it was it the right path you know um, it's the path of an entrepreneur I think there's there's an inherent stress that no one sort of talks about all the time of whether whether it's whether it's your credit cards whether it's your investors where it's getting distribution or I'm going to get in this film festival I'm going to get that after all years of all of this you have become comfortable being uncomfortable so you you start to also become smarter and become a better business person I always love it when I see signs that says been in business since 1984 been in see it's like that's awesome you know how hard it is this maintain any business there's a stretch amount of time uh, whether you're shining shoes or this it's the same thing with the you know, like getting a movie um, so uh, I kind of had to tell myself Uh, to take a chill pill and take one day at a time or I'm going to get an ulcer and a goiter if I keep worrying about the are we going to get in this film festival I'm going to do that are we going to do this it's like then you you sit back it's like okay if you do then what if you do then what it all comes back down to why did you start 10 years ago I love writing I love doing this so I always wanted to try To tell myself to not make something I love um, an albatross, you know. So I I have to really um, remind myself of that every time, you know. So okay, is this what you want to do? Okay, get better. Don't you know? Don't be. Don't become cynical. um, Things like that.
0: How many people were involved when you started your production company, and then now, how many people are involved?
1: When I started, it was me and um, my wife and uh, now um, it is me uh, with um, one two like four other f- folks and a whole bunch of interns um, and uh, and a, a roster of really great um, creatives and directors so so uh, it's become like a little a little group um, and uh, and you know, I'm very fortunate of that to to find um, teammates who who want to go through, through the um, battlefield of, of uh, being part of a production company. So we started out small, just like anyone. Like you know, I'll be sitting out there going, "How do people do it? You know, what do you have to do?" Um, so I just started it. Didn't worry about the equipment. Um, if there was a bigger job. Um, to do, we would rent rent it. I I didn't want to buy it twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of equipment um, and have it sit there for a year or two and let it depreciate and not get its value. So, um, so now you know, um, you know everything's taken a hit now with the, with the pandemic. Um, even you know, we have that. We also have a sales uh, a sales rep that represents um, go pop films and the directors in the midwest and southeast so what they do is they pitch the ad agencies and art directors on our roster of directors and they will send um, if there are um, treatments or spots or things that um, we could bid on so things like that we also go to uh, uh, direct to Brand or direct to companies, you know, that that need video content. Um, but at the moment, just uh, things are obviously production is, is that a, is at a holding. It's picking up, but you you want to be safe, and we and that's the key key uh, low overhead. Keep your overhead so you so you could maintain and sustain. So when when the economy and when it comes up, you you'll be able to. Uh, position yourself. So, if we think about it right now, as we are in pre-production, that's how I've, uh, we've talked about it. Is like um, we're in pre-production, so when production comes, we're, we're ready to ready to go. So, you know, like um, being able to uh, service service our clients and things like that to our best of our ability. I think that's where we're at right now, <laughs> pandemic era
0: right and just just with other booms and busts like let's say the dot-com mm-hmm. um, you know when, when things were really good in the 90s um, it also can you talk about not getting maybe too confident knowing that there will be a winter and there's always a winter you know
1: yeah I think the the, the life cycle the life cycle of uh, of things and that you just have to kind of be, be steady and 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 know especially with with this you might have a lot of clients or maybe your business has one big client but what if they dis what if they disappear what if your client was a lot of the travel industry right now or what if you know, what if your clients were but then what if you weren't busy then you also you have you have a plastic company and they're needing a lot of things so it just it just all depends where you're positioned in the market um changes so you just have to be on um, ex- what's the saying uh uh, ex- uh prepare for the no expect the worst prepare for the best or vice versa it's yeah. it's one of those things where y- you know you, you, you can't be a fat cat when you you know you just kind of like keep going because there will be lean times and the same thing with films when films come out like we just released our film uh, we don't know what the market. That's the toughest thing about filmmaking because you have a thing that you made, you started three, two, four, ten years ago. But when it reaches market, is it the right time for this film? Does this does this touch a nerve? Is it is it two years too early? Two years too late? So it's the same time when you release a product. Is it right or not? Maybe it catches on later. What was that with Donnie Darko? It wasn't so. So hot here in the states. It goes international. It comes back. It's a five years five year process. It happens with a lot of different things. So um, so for anyone who's you know have a short film or other films, I think you go back and, and f- focus on that creating um, because you can't determine the market, but you can prepare for it. I think that's that's the uh, the balance you have to do. You know, have 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 uh, be prepared for lean times um, and uh, that would be the best way to go about it
0: what area of business does your production company focus on
1: well we have um, a lot of different directors who um, have whether it's um, healthcare, food um, fashion documentary so so we, we we covered a lot of different industries so we 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 could tackle them all. So I figured this out because when I was, you know, as me as a director trying to get on into a a production company, I wasn't going to get hired for a comedy spot, you know, because my reel or my work isn't comedic. I wasn't going to get hired for for um, food because I didn't do any food. You know, I I had I had a kind of documentary uh, feel. Those are the different jobs that I, I would get more cinematic so I thought we will have our company instead of um, turning down jobs let's find the best directors who does food who does cars who does fashion who does products who does um, travel and that's the, your roster so if you're if you're a client that needs um, cinematic images um, that need to have your brand or message um, elevated and tell a story uh, that's what we do we, we want to help you um, uh, tell your story and that that's our selling point like bringing uh, cinematic imagery and, and production to to elevate your your brand and your company's message um, so it could be wine industry it could be um, you know, uh, fashion. It, so we pretty much tackle it.
0: How do you know these directors are a fit for your company?
1: First, uh, so when we, we see the the directors um, work, and if, and it, it it has to be a certain um, uh, level and certain sort of um, uh, voice that they're telling. Uh, second, I meet with them. And if they have a similar um, philosophy or personality, because we don't want to work with jerks, you know, there's t- already so many walking around. It's it's hard. It's you know, we we, we want to work with um, good people who are focused on um, and producing really good work, and also um, are nice. And we had this motto motto of work hard and be nice, you know, uh, uh, of that aspect. So. Uh, the directors not only have to be uh, talented they just have to be nice people because when we are on set and when you're dealing with clients um, who wants a temperamental director or temp- it's like we should be fortunate to be working for you You know, we we, we I want to be surrounded with people with that same attitude of like how can we help you it's not like the, I mean businesses it's like nothing you can't take anything for granted every little um, every little job every big job it's a job that should be treated the same um, highly valuable You know, um, just like I remember Neiman Marcus uh, I think uh, someone's telling me sales training or someone's training that you treat everyone who walks through the door the same someone who could look like they're transient versus someone who has a coat you never know who's who right so that's the same thing with an email with a call with if you're a client base um, we we're just fortunate to be able to see if we can help you and that's the that's the type of directors if they have that attitude and they 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 want to um, put their nose to the grind um, uh, Than they do, and fo- funny enough, a lot of our directors have a background in photography, so similar to me. So, so they 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 are actually started out as photographers too. So it's nice to have. Um, just sort of the, I know visually that they they could capture what they they want. You know, they could, they could either act as their own um, DP or work with DPs or and things like that. So funny enough, um, a lot of our directors are sh- are shooters themselves. You know?
0: And what's interesting is too sometimes just like you said the mink coat versus the transient analogy sometimes in LA the mink coat the more show oh, yeah. the less someone actually yeah <laughs> you know that's the weird part about being here and maybe this is the same in New York City too but like a lot of times that's just a front it's not it's, real you know
1: ex- exactly and and and, and we, you just and you know you, you just never know you know yeah. and so um so those are the type of directors or or graphic designers or animators or people we want to work with even in our crew and and things like that Um, I know it starts they always say it starts from the top and hopefully we could create a culture that that is professional but also um, uh, creates that um, atmosphere where your voice is heard no one's you know uh, above anyone else, everyone's open to suggestions, and 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 you know, everyone's artistic. But we don't need to be um, Van Gogh here and be all crazy if you're you don't get your way, you know.
0: What are your day-to-day duties with your company? Maybe pre-COVID, now during COVID.
1: So you get up, you know, you fire up that laptop or desktop, and, and then. Uh, Uh, you go through your emails a lot right now let's let's talk uh, since it's really right now um, covid is uh, research a lot of research um, that's going on uh, in terms of uh, uh, new um, uh, clients that we want to kind of work with or a new industry a we have a um, a new industry that we're, we're trying to penetrate is the the golf and luxury resort industry prior to covid uh, we've got a great couple great directors who, who do that so we're, we're trying to match 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 that up now that's the commercial side but for the film um, the film side uh, is uh, we have a couple uh, I have a couple different films in in the in development right now and one uh, one um, is uh, we're developing the script um, or just shaping it up to be to go out um, for um, attachments and things like that so the last couple of months uh, I've been trying to get that script right and then and then and then also we're also you know, producing um, this uh, feature film for uh, uh, Yifki she's a uh, dutch filmmaker it will be her first um, uh, feature film uh, she her her short film lily has been screened over 50 film festivals around the world it's a me too horror film and her and phosphor is one of her um, first feature film we're, we're fortunate enough to be producing that so we're trying to get things lined up for that as well so like we were talking about before um, there's still a lot of things that could be done even though we're not everyone's getting used to zoom and all this stuff but it's it's laying laying the seeds and 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 um, getting that all done so that takes most of the day um, uh, mm-hmm. and also preparing for um, our, we just released the film in like t- two weeks or two you know September 25th um, last month and then um, so we're we're still pushing that as well you know um, so a lot lots of little different things on on our plate
0: And so maybe pre-covid was it responding and 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 post-covid or during COVID is now hunting doing research
1: yeah hunting doing research um, and and because you because you don't know who's going to be left standing it's a weird thing you know even while we were talking with our um, sales agent who who we've released our film for north america but we're still um you know, entertaining international territories like Germany, UK, Ireland, and all these other parts, but but because of, of the pandemic and things, different companies have gone under. Who's staying? So it's almost like everyone's waiting to see um, what's what's left. Who's standing? Where's the you know? Um, so they're you know, everyone's adjusting, and, it's, it, and so you kind of have to take a. Um, optimistic um, point and um, and and do your research and and tread water um, until there's a break, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's very interesting. Well, I mean, for commercial commercial work, we used to, um, you know, we, we had a lot of shoots post- postponed, um, you know, canceled and things like that. So, uh, um, you know, you. You, do, you deal with the blows, and, and you know you, you, you take it, take it with a chin. But you, you, you guys, still stand up and prepare as, as when things open up.
0: What have you found is the best way to make money as a filmmaker?
1: Get involved in anything that's possible that will help you get better as a filmmaker. Whether it's editing, um, PA, writing, on um, shoot, um, taking any job any job because that helps you as a writer be a security guard be a um, bus driver be um, amazon prime delivery because you're building different experiences and you could write about that um, and still have a living Uh, until there's only until you reach that kind of threshold where you can make a sustainable career with 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 your art or with your filmmaking, but when you're starting out, you you take as many jobs as you can. Teach if you can. Um, uh, teaching helps, you know. Uh, any any kind of thing. So, I think you just have to hustle, hustle, find any job, um, survive, pay the bills, and that if you can do that, that actually teaches you. How to get a film made because it's not getting a film made is the exact same way because it's it's not easy you know. You have to use every little ounce of your creativity your your experience your inexperience just combine it on and will will it will it to happen so if you have to uber drive for two months um, so you could write for two months you, you have to make those sacrifices
0: what was one of your best part-time jobs that really helped you actually be creative, and then maybe what was one of your worst? Uh, being a being a, um, I always said
1: the two things that made me become a better photographer, not a filmmaker, but photographer was being a waiter and being um, a wedding photographer. You see people at their worst. It's like if you can handle that, if you can handle the pressure. Of those things, uh, that it, that would help. I think it's 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 like because you know what happens, plan A never works. Always plan B, C, and D. So if you could get that in your 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 DNA and your bloodline to always have plan D ready, um, that's what I found filmmaking is about: is adjusting, you know, adjusting. Um, so the job that I learned was because you know how to read folks read people if if they're happy with the food or not food or if they don't want you to come near their table um, the, those are those are great instincts to learn so when you're making a film are you giving the actors enough space or do you is this person need more direction this person doesn't need any direction you have to know each does this crew member need that do we need to sit down so each one you have to read people differently and under stress stress is caused by lack of time and lack of money so that's what happens in filmmaking so people get it's like bees running around like ah so if you know that's going to happen and and immediately find the solutions Um, so they say never let them see you sweat but I, I try not to let people see, you know, me all riled up, but I'm also crying it in the inside, and I just, I'm just smiling through, but, um, <laughs> but being a waiter helped me doing that.
0: You will learn to think on your feet. Oh uh, yeah,
1: any customer, any kind of this customer service thing. Um, your second part of the question, what, what job that I didn't
0: like or yeah well I mean um, what was maybe and maybe they're the same ones that that was the toughest because I was wondering what was one that actually helped your creativity which sounds like learning how to read people yeah um, the other two
1: uh, yep it's being empathetic that's why you know any job that could could get you feeling what the other person is going through the more you can do that I think that will help with your writing that'll help with your direction um, you your producing skills because once you kind of Could train yourself to walk in other people's shoes, you gain empathy, different perspective, and then you you gain um, an understanding. It might not always be the right understanding, but you gain a different perspective, so you don't be so narrow minded on your particular view. And um, I think that starts then that that breeds creativity. You know, that's the spark that kind of whoa, now I could create this because um, this person feels that way you know um, you 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 try to get all that energy and form something yeah
0: yeah and maybe to um, learning how to de-escalate a situation and so whether you're working in food service or you know at someone's wedding or supermarket there's going to be people that either going to try to test you or they're really angry and just learning how to de-escalate before the blow up exactly
1: I think I think that's it that's
0: what it's a it's,
1: it's a skill you know I I was a portrait photographer and to get someone to trust you to re, to relax to to get you to do what you want or them uh, what how, how do you get a sitter to 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 give you a pose that you like it took a lot of time you know, it's it's it, it, it deals with trust and how do you gain that is like giving something from yourself to to the sitter you can't always take 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 so the, I, I take that um, w- with me, working with people, with, with with the crew. You know, we talked about how can I help? How can we help you? What could I tell myself that will make me vulnerable, and um, for you to, uh, you know, for for us to gain that trust and that respect? Because uh, I think that, that is, that's important. That's important. That's important. Um, t- you know just important way to treat treat your neighbor is with respect and you want to understand how what their life's about
0: and I like that giving of yourself while you're on set so if you have an actor that maybe you know they can deliver but maybe for whatever reason it's a tense situation and you're not sure why I mean you know was it another person we interviewed talked about sets being pressure cookers mm-hmm. and sometimes there's personalities on sets whatever and it's just getting that person to feel comfortable I like that giving
1: yeah and that's and it and, and that takes um it's like chess it's like two three you have to think like two or three um, steps ahead you know like um, and it, <laughs> I hate to say it, it's like almost knowing the situation and how to diffuse it or manipulate it and calm things down if you want someone riled up what would get someone riled up if you need that reaction if you want someone in shock like this this is an interesting story I forget who the photographer was but they had to do um, like um, a, a shoot of let's say uh, I think it was like the queen of England or something like that right and then they're like oh she always gives the same look how you want something different um, so they were shooting at the end was like oh she, she knew like." Queen was like a dog lover or something and at the end was like, Oh, how 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 was your ride here? And she says, Oh, it was great, until we ran over a dog. And then it click, you know. And then so it all these stories, and when I was younger, I was naive to think like photography is the truth. But no, there's three truths: your truth, my truth, and the truth. So if I wanted you to to pose a certain way, you know, if I want to light you in a certain way the sitter would never know, you know it's so it's so odd to me to to that power later like oh you could kind of manipulate light and story differently so I try to hold that kind of um, that kind of like knowledge kind of precious in terms of like understanding and 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 one and that if we're on the same page and this scene is about pain how how do we go there? And you need some extra help on, on that. Um, that's where I think I could come in and, and maybe help and go. Let's talk that out, or maybe we don't need to talk about that out. Just feel it. Just let it rip. You know. So it, each actor is totally different. The same with working with a, a DP. Um, you you got to trust each other. That's why it's fun being a director. You you hire. We work with people because they know what they're doing. You just get out of the way and maybe just like, could you try it this way? And they're like, okay. You know, it's it's easy now. It's a, it's like you, for me, because I, 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 everyone who you're working with, you, I trust them to to just do their what they're there to do, and and that's the best part. You know, um, I think that's where magic happens.
0: And just going back to when you talked about working at weddings yeah and and they can be pressure cookers too sometimes it's not actually the bride that's oh, the problem man. it's the family oh yeah it's the
1: family <laughs> you know
0: a, did you make sure did you get that you know oh and,
1: were you a wedding photographer too because I got that same thing this uncle was like
0: I've worked some, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: like well I, I got about 300 <laughs> photos of them twirling you need another one yeah I got you know but again it's the client and you know, clients are always right, and you got to like suck it up. But I did 14 weddings, and that was enough. Uh, that, that was enough for me, and I knew um, that's, that that skill set is totally different. You know, it's it's a different, great. And there's some great wedding photographers out there. Um, I think um, you know, I, I got a glimpse of it. And uh, remember, I told you I was a quitter. I quit all the time. You know, so I quit wedding photography
0: yeah when did you know it was right was it the last one
1: when I had anxiety (laughs) and going I don't want to do this anymore so um, uh, I think when you have that feeling of like uh, like I think it's like I made a point if I if it felt off um, I'm gonna try my best not to feel that bad You know, even if I have to get another job and become a floral assistant, um, whatever it is, um, I didn't mind going backwards um, because I didn't think it was going backwards. I think it was safety. You know, um, in terms of um, I want to get used to to being where where I want to be. I didn't know where I wanted to be. I knew I didn't want to be that. Remember we talked about like I knew what I didn't want to do, and and I didn't want no. I want to be a filmmaker, and that was like only until I was thirty-five years old. You know, I didn't know and that's 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 the path. So, um, so when I would quit when when um, it didn't feel right, and yeah. for too long, I just didn't want to um, waste um, a year or two years being somewhere I didn't want to be. You
0: no, know, weddings are tough. They're almost like high school reunions. Yeah, they're. Cause there's a lot of ego, and sometimes it's not coming from the bride and groom. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and, um, and there's certain there's only a certain amount of, um, you know, I'll I'll be in a church and the photographer is not allowed to use their flash, but everyone else is allowed to use their flash. And I'm like, oh, I can't eat it. So, but that's minor. I enjoy I value the fourteen weddings. It, it gave me the. Learn how to deal with pressure, and because you have missed the moment, you don't go back to another. I do, you know. Hey, could we um, take two? Uh, let's let's take let's do another take, and like that was it, sir. Um, so uh, if you get used to that pressure um, uh, and the pressure to, uh, it's okay if you do fail, because what's the worst thing? For me, the worst thing in life is to die. So and I, if it's not going to kill me I could survive it you know um, I might not pay rent the next month but I could survive so that that was, I just tricked my brain to this to, to, um, to do weird things
0: Dan, can we talk about your life as a daydreamer I understand that daydreaming is very important to your creative process what's daydreaming like for you when you were a kid and what is it like for you now
1: I don't know I always thought you know you grow up and you get in trouble with daydreaming and, and things like that and but sometimes you just can't help but stare outside the window and and, and let your you know let your mind go and I remember as a kid um, I don't know if you do it you, you just do it uh, everyone daydreams until they they're told not to I think and I think I wish um, we, we get nourished that more and and, and nor and I think uh, there's a lot of because that that could be harnessed through that I think um, uh, I think that was always maybe a joke or a uh, thought that maybe I could become a professional daydreamer and things like that Um, but I think now in terms of like how I apply it um, I, I, I apply it as a way to maybe my own way of meditating or my own way of um, trying to find solutions and ideas and and and, um, and maybe my own way of being in the moment or in the present so I, I, I find daydreaming a uh, really useful tool for me in terms of um, creating um, I know it sounds kind of weird it's st- they're stupid but um, it's like it it helps if I'm having like a uh, if I see or hear things and it could lead to different things so I could just kind of tune out you know, and, and focus on that specific thought or that p- specific noise or sound and it could take me you know, to different um, places uh, I don't sound so like weird but it's 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 relaxing yeah
0: where have you done some of your best day dreaming can you do it let's say at a coffee shop
1: you could do it. I think. I, I think. Yeah. I think you could. You could do it anywhere. You could do it. Um. Uh. Preferably not while you're driving, but uh. You but but if you're just sitting sitting outside, sitting in a park, um, sitting by yourself, uh, um, that you just take a moment and uh, and um, you think of think think of thoughts, think think of ideas, and let that like let that kind of uh, permeate and and, and last bloss- blossom you know? um, you know, it could it could be even the thought of hawaii just the word hawaii then it, it starts then you could focus on the the sound of it the vowels and and what that takes you there's just different connections that you can make so um, then it could take you to coffee to pineapple to to different things and then your brain is visualizing these these, these images these images, and then I think um, once you kind of get get used to doing that. For me, uh, I do it just because I'm I just, I get lost in thought because something might um, might be in my head, and then it takes me somewhere, and I, I find that um, useful.
0: And is daydreaming the same as meditation, or they're different?
1: Um, I. I they're probably in the same world and it's uh, linguistics of it of it uh, um, if you are meditating and, and focusing but but I think daydreaming is cool is because you could set ideas you could set things and in, um, in your head and uh, and you could you could try to implement those if you could you know. Rem- remember it. it it's it's I guess it's a, it's the opposite when you dream at night right when you're dreaming at night and we have all these dreams that pop up of things all of a sudden you might have a dream like hey why is that guy in my third grade class in my dream you know it just pops up right and then when you're daydreaming you're like the same thing it's like oh but it seems like you're uh, you know, you're conscious of that I think that opens up um, Opens up your 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 creative space to accept ideas, you know. And they go, oh, like when I get stuck writing, I guess that's why people hey, you know, I'll go for you go for a walk, you go this. You, how does the ending really work? How do these pl- subplots come together? How does that? And then people say, you know, they fi- have ideas in the shower. These things, these moments, you know. I think those are important. Having those moments, um, I think it starts with a little bit of daydreaming because you're you once you focus too much it's like you're not seeing the possibilities what that's like behind you or beside you you're so narrow you're narrowed into the script this story but if you let go and start thinking about the cup that's on the table of your character and how that cup reminds you of your grandmother's cup and then the grammar when she was born here and then that leads to this oh she used to love this flower that was purple maybe that flower ends up somehow back in your script somehow you just never know, you know? so it, it's it's making associations with things that that um, sometimes don't don't connect immediately so I think that's what helps me so so um, I think that's a great tool especially um, writing but then you have to there's all these things you have to find a thread otherwise they just become images Both story you need you need that thread Um, so that's the other thing now is to pull all that dreaming together and have it structured and that's the that's the battle of screenwriting
0: did you used to get in trouble in school for daydreaming with teachers
1: I might have got a U and use of time wisely, I think. <laughs> so it'd be, you know, the unsatisfactory thing. Um, uh, so I think that you know I might have gotten that, um, uh, but I always try to avoid getting in trouble. But you know, doesn't mean you can't be sneaky and and daydream while no one's looking. So yeah.
0: If you were going to teach a class on daydreaming let's suppose you know the the idea of daydreaming has changed and and now it's more reinforced um let's suppose they take from different people einstein different you know just and you put it in together into a a course what would uh what would day one be like in your daydreaming course
1: yeah day one i would um you know just introduce the thought of it and talk about what will what we would do during this this term and kind of structure it and go like and and and, and tell folks that um, what is the goal you know what's our goal w- with this you know there is science there is you know technology there's things but there's also this thing called mystery you know so um, to offer and that's where the beauty of New innovation comes from, uh, I think. So I would first talk about what day, you know, get everyone's opinion what daydreaming is. You know, I, I there, there isn't a specific answer; it's how you feel. But um, then talk about how we are just so bombarded by visuals, and and especially nowadays, and and not understanding um, what the visual language is. Well, how do we? Why do we? F- feel certain things when we see certain type of imagery you know maybe get in the same page and and say the first third of our course would be understanding of visual language the, what what does that mean when we drive down sunset boulevard what why do why do we, all these colors why what does yellow and, and and purple do to us versus gray and pink and these things so um, so that Helps. So then, when you're able to understand that, then maybe you could start to visualize, and that's um, part of daydreaming. You know, daydreaming. You want to be a filmmaker. What does that entail? I didn't know, but it definitely entailed getting off the couch. Let me start with that, and then definitely until maybe I should go to half price books and buy a book. Uh, maybe, what's the story? You think about story, and and then you you think about themes and then that could lead lead somewhere um, so yeah well first third of class of uh, course talk about visual, visualization how do we interpret visual language uh, second third is to apply that to let's 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 work on our thoughts and our way to daydream and recollect those things and how that could help and how long could you do it in 30 seconds 30 minutes whatever and then the last third of the course would just to be um, to understand what what we did and what's the goal of it and was it successful um, how could we um, use this in future applications of creative work you know that's that's what uh maybe the first class would be like
0: you mentioned mystery does mystery always having having uh, does mystery always have to be let's say solving a crime or figuring something out in science could it also be figuring out a character it doesn't even have to be some criminal or scientific element mm-hmm. it's just figuring out who they are why they did something why they said something
1: exactly I think so it encompasses so much and I think it's it's like you know I think um, I think that's what's fantastic about it because it it, it incorporates the unknown and incorporates things that we maybe have on a tip of our tongue and we want to explore and understand it we want to solve things Um, we're driven by mystery Um, we that takes us um, to new new places I think that's what's what's uh, really neat and dynamic of understanding how to how to use mystery in your own work. um, To tell stories, to create suspense, to to um, you know, and then to have resolution because you know because we need uh, I think us humans we need closure and and understanding but we also don't need to be handheld at least at least for stories some folks might but for me as a as a storyteller I'm not I I always think the audience is smarter than definitely smarter than me and. And you don't want to treat them too like hand hand honed and everything. So you want to leave things to interpretation. But I also don't want to be so abstract that no one understands what the story is about. You know. So um, so those are two different things I'm battling with right now. And mystery is a a a good way to you know to keep me inspired and, and, and 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 you know work my way through through life trying to figure things out
0: what's what's an example of a handheld story from a writer versus something that's too abstract um
1: okay I guess every you know probably David Lynch is uh is, out, is there um and a handhold would be more of you know two plus two equals four that that um, boy meets girl they fall in love um versus boy meets girl Four other things could happen, uh, you know, things like that. Um, so you, as a, a as the storyteller, um, it's. I always think it's like um, being a chef, right? We have these ingredients, and and the way you use it, what it's, you know, where, where where the where it hits you, it's how you use these elements of story to do it. You want to handhold someone from the end. And go this person is definitely the killer or this person is definitely the bad bad guy who planted the seed who's trying to get them to break up and remarry her or things like that um, uh, so it's up to you know, up to each chef and and the audience is so vast and diverse like a lot of people are definitely not gonna like some of the dishes I cook because it's it's not their flavor on um, profile um, but does that mean um, you could deny the execution of it or the craft of it? It's like if you um, don't like country music but you like you know uh, indie rock. you cannot deny Johnny Cash was a skilled and talented musician. It's just a taste. So that's what happens I think in terms of what how you tell stories so, and hand holding is a great great device um, but for me as as a chef I, you know I don't want to add too much salt kind of like as things goes I'll leave it to the audience a little bit more to piece, piece the flavors together
0: do you think that people look at daydreaming in a positive way
1: that's a tricky question I was going to say yes but then I'm going to say no because everyone will be do- talking about it more and how is that because it's it has more of a negative connotation because it, it means you don't get anything done maybe if we re- rewrite that narrative in terms of daydreaming is a step to a- execution into work where you're daydreaming of being a um, making um, great leather purses you know, then you, that happened where you're daydreaming of um, going to the space you know these things. It, it starts with some sort of idea planted in a a world that seems so far away. But if you you set it and you do the work, it could be attainable. I'm not saying it all is hap- can happen, but it, at least it gives you hope that an idea can be reached. You know, or tried tried for. Um, so I think when if you ask parents. Maybe they don't think it's a good, good thing, if their kids are always daydreaming. But um, you know, I I hope they it it changes because um, I love that word. You know, I love the word dream. It's 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 uh, that means um, we an idea is thought out of and it could be possible. Um, But we have to sometimes enjoy that process of making it. Possible than the result than the result of that dream, you know. Um, so that's the tricky part. Tricky part.
0: How does daydreaming help us reach our goals? Daydreaming, you know, um,
1: it, it's, it helps you start with an idea. It helps you um, be open, and I think that is and it's in it's itself a success so if you are able to open. And accept new ideas and think of things that are possible that that helps because we need goals how does daydream get us there it gives us a shovel they give us a tool they give us things that we we maybe feel like we d- we can't accomplish and we might make an, an excuse hey I can't get um, this degree because I don't have money um, but you can start by daydreaming and if you if that daydream bec- makes you become um, obsessive makes you become passionate makes you become driven then that that's helpful but if that daydream turns into a nightmare uh, then it could lead you to another daydream so th- that's where I think it's it's useful because there's many many chances many doors out there where um, that can open Um, daydreaming allows you to hop hop around and then when you want to sit on something then that sets uh, a path to your goals
0: do you ever give yourself a limit though for daydreaming like okay I've daydreamed at least an hour today and I think I've reached my limit now I'm going to get back to something that's more linear
1: yeah uh, yeah well no I I don't think I do it subconsciously I think um, I think it happens. That's why I think it's a little bit different than um, meditation because you, you designate a certain time. Maybe I do it so much that I don't even know. I could be wash, washing the dishes, and then though I'm washing the dishes and get, getting it done, I've just I just went to Ethiopia, you know, and the Ethiopia just opened up this new type of um, bread that I want to want to discover while I'm washing dishes it's so um, I don't think you could do it enough maybe I'll go there I'll go the opposite I was like until it (laughs) hinders your goal I think you need to keep exercising that muscle just like walking or breathing or doing things and if it helps you um, reach goals then it's useful if it doesn't, that means uh, it's 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 an excuse, that, and that's a fine line I think that, to walk. So, um, and that's the practice, and that's going to be everyone's journey to 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 go. Hey, I've been daydreaming. That's why I don't. I'm not getting anywhere. I've been daydreaming. Oh, that's why I'm here. So it's that it's it's that uh, half um, you know glass half full half empty kind of thing so it's going to be up to each individual to kind of figure out if it's, it's if it's for them you know, or they or if they're doing it too much
0: you mentioned you liked uh, the writer uh, Charles Bukowski and I have a quote here from his 1989 book Hollywood and I'll, I'll change the wording a little bit just to clean it up but I believe he said people became so used to seeing crap on film that they no longer realized it was crap. Do you feel that way about movies today?
1: Huh. He's, a, he's <laughs> a straight shooter, isn't he? <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, it, it it's funny after after c- completing my film first feature and it's such a miracle to create anything to get anything done. Um, I'm very bad bad at um, critiquing or criticizing cuz what whether it's crap or 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 Oscar worthy or just magnificent, um, that's again up to the audience. You know, as a creator, all you can do is is hope that you you, you got out what was inside um, out there. Uh, for for me, movies that are hey, you know, um, this is this one not, you know, not better than the other. Um, I just enjoy Mom because if you if, it's just someone's sweat and tears that went through it I, I, I tend to look at that more um, of it and I, I'm a so uh, sorry to disappoint um, Charles but I, I don't kind of um, I'm not that controversial to say that it's crap you know uh, I don't have that I don't think I have that authority because uh, I make a lot of crap <laughs>
0: Well, it goes back to to what you're talking about uh hand-holding the audience versus being too abstract would you say a lot of tentpole movies are hand-holding and maybe some people want that mm, yeah yeah and that, that, that that's the t- taste and you know I remember I don't know if I was in
1: school or someone said hey if you want to make a lot of money shoot for the middle so you know but it, there's a place for every everything you know I was I was I always think about that that funny thing about you know ten percent of us like black licorice you know and why you know why does black licorice hang around all the time because but if I could ever have a career like black licorice I'll be very ha- happy you know I don't have to please everyone just sometimes you know your work isn't for everyone um, but sometimes you want to go for that joyride um, you can't watch Million Dollar Baby f- three times in a row and and you know it's like it's great but it's brutal but maybe you just want to go for a joy ride and and every every medium every art ha- has has that you know I can't eat um, rich tomahawk ribeye or something like that and it's I'm gonna get gout and then or every day but I could eat pizza every day you know but then there's levels of that so um, I know I'm talking a little bit weird and abstract of it so yes um, big Hollywood films has a big place because people enjoy it Um, artsy art house films people enjoy that too it's just giving people the the opportunity to see them I think that's more important and then everyone can whether marketed differently or what but um, that's a different different conversation to to say who's doing what but it just takes what do you think about it look at, look at all the films that win when the Oscars now and stuff it's not it's all you know Moonlight Parasite very you know um, prestige fair it's you know so um, so we need we need it all I think we need we need it all
0: do you think each group has their own strong opinions literary music film and there's just so many Talking heads arguing about what's right, what's wrong.
1: Yeah, I think I think because I think everyone gets because everyone's passionate and gets opinionated, and everyone um, feels strongly about a, 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 a situation. Um, maybe because I lived in a household full of people where I always had to listen to everyone first and understand, and I've always like tried to be diplomatic in a lot of different ways, and that's helped. But now, as you try to get you know in more firm and more confident, you have you can't always please everyone. You have you you are gonna do things for yourself, and sometimes that's gonna rub people wrong. Um, so when you have all these people, whether it's in the music, that you know, hey, so and so is this so? Oh, you know, this is like that. Um, uh, you know, this work is too much like the Coen brothers, or Coen brothers stink, or blah blah blah, and that's that's great. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and and that's the 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 beauty of discourse. I think what happens is when the vitriol kind of kind of gets the fire going, on um, you know, I, I think that's 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 the thing when it becomes um, uh, personal. But in terms of like uh, each industry, I think everyone. Should be passionate what they they root for. It's like sports. It's like you got Dallas Cowboy fans versus the Steeler fans. Everyone likes their thing, you know. Um, so you pick your tribe and you push for it. And then, uh, you know, just you know, some folks feel like they need to be missionaries. So,
0: when you sit down to write a story, do you start with a treatment or an outline?
1: Now, um, each each process have been a little bit different for me for each one uh, I've, I've I've done quite a bit of um, one with treatments and outlines but they're they're very useful um, but what I found more useful is the the, the I mean, we talked about before the movie days that's helped me give it give it give it a structure but on um, uh, I would come with the an idea and then and sometimes for, it depends on each each script sometimes I'll let it flow and just kind of I'll have an ending and I'll have a image and we'll start from there but then maybe one month later I'll start an outline because I'm stuck you know. so um, but I like to be flexible on that in in my routine um, just depending on because some stories come out I think it's like writing I can only imagine if it's like writing music, some some songs. You always hear those great songs where it's Dolly Parton doing something like nine to five in like two minutes or something like that, or like, or like someone. Oh, I just woke up in the middle of the night and I just wrote this masterpiece. Sometimes it pours out. Sometimes it's, it's laborious. Um, but again, um, so I, you know, I think those are useful treatments and not lines. So definitely.
0: By the way, that was a great movie too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh nine to five. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah
0: yeah that's a great movie with your film all roads to perla it started with an idea from seeing a paper bag or a plastic bag
1: uh, that yeah well I had an image um, of that um, I also had an image of the Texas landscape um, and I had the feeling of this wide open space uh, at night and, and I knew that one of the characters was uh, a wrestler, and during when you're wrestling season, I used to wrestle. Sometimes you would sleep in a plastic bag, um, and then I had these images of plastic. Uh, you know, there's a um, a plastic bag hanging in a tree. Sometimes when you drive around um, in the desert and things like that are out out there, you, you'll see that. So it it started with with, with the landscape. Seeing plastic, and then having that feel um, of then I thought of plastic bag, body bags. Um, then I thought, which was all because of daydreaming. You think you start you driving, you, you're, you're day, well, I told you not to drive and daydream. But I was on the road a lot for for um, my assignments, and you're covering Texas. I covered like five thousand miles in twenty one days to do like. Eighteen shoots one time, and that was how all roads are parallel. Sort of coming out um, is because I saw all these places and faces, and I didn't want that to end. You know, so I would just combine them and create my own story.
0: And were you doing a full loop around Texas, the you know, outskirts?
1: I did. I've probably, I've probably seen more of Texas and Texans. I've been to Eagle Pass, Brownsville, um, Midlands Pecos. Um, Everything for just uh, all different types of assignments. So, uh, and that's that. That's why that landscape to me had so much like mystery, so much history, and 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 it was just like wow, this is this is unbelievable. You know, it's like you hear stories of you know cowboys and this, but to actually see that land, it was awesome. You know, and the people and, and and the culture. Uh, you can't yeah I was definitely inspired by by that and then I did and then I was sent down to houston to do um, uh, a story and then that tied in to what I was doing and and in houston there's this two mile stretch where uh, there are these massage parlors illegal massage parlors and then I was in um, I got to go on a raid with sheriff so I would I would have all these like interesting (laughs) Heavy assignments, um, whether it's immigration to that to uh, exonerate the, the um, Michael Morton, he was um, accused of killing his wife, served uh, like twenty-two years in death row, but later found out that he didn't do it. So all these human interest stories, I, I wanted to understand um, it, you know, what that was all about. We make these choices. And sometimes those choices aren't good enough and and then we um, we have to live with the consequences good or bad so that's what happened in my time driving around in Texas
0: how did you feel let's say you get out at a road stop go to use the bathroom at an older gas station or you stop for a bite to eat at a cafe I mean like how was that you're just interacting with
1: it's interesting being an asian-american and going around in different like I I think I went to the least populated county once population like 10 or something like that Um, uh, it's cool it's cool it's it's again um, I felt like I was uh, like in 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 a movie all the time I felt like it was but it's real it's awesome it's uh, the people the culture again I keep talking about that um, but when I would stop it's sort of like when you get so used to thinking what could happen like if these walls could talk who lived here 20 years ago 40 years ago what what family you know, it's the same thing what happened this s stop what happened this uh, single single family home who owned it before so your brain just goes all over the place and I think um, working as a photographer I was able to catch it with one frame but now as like you you could write you could write these stories and just make it up you know, like oh this is what happened Fred walked out the door got hit by a truck his son's out for revenge there okay now let's have fun and let's spend next two hours writing about that why who was who hit in the truck was there a motive what Fred do that other person you know it's so you that's that's kind of neat and that that helps with if you daydream a lot because then you could just go oh what happens over there well maybe Fred you know had it coming well that's what the mayor said well the sheriff is off to him you know just so it could, it could you could keep going it's it's fascinating
0: interesting on um, being on the road you, you... I think we're, we're we behave differently too if for let's say I took a greyhound across country mm-hmm. one time as a kid and you, if you're in your own car versus you're in you know waiting in line at an airport or something mm-hmm. you and you just you're seeing all these people and you're imagining what their lives are like and they're looking at you thinking the same thing you know and it's just I don't know we're, we're just in a different mindset I think when we travel even just domestically you know so anyway there wasn't yeah,
1: yeah. when you're seeing like you know I would walk when I was living in New York or anywhere even here and you walk by so many people and you're just like I wonder I wonder what they are we ever gonna meet again then you're like I wonder how many photos I'm in in the background that you know that I don't know of and things like that and you then you realize how many people are in this world and then you realize how many um stories there are but then you're like, we're all human we have these same emotions how do we tap on into that and that's why when you hear music and songs that could move a whole country a whole world that is amazing to have write something in three minutes to have something play in three minutes and it just moves everyone um, yeah Mozart or anything like that and Elvis Elvis and yeah. and and, and but so which means we're connected in a certain way we're connected with emotions Um, so I think when we travel though we see different things different lands different people we are still connected with those human emotions and think that's that's what the fun part is as as a creator so um, I grew up um, in uh, from I'm from Laos my grandmother Um, came to the states in 1986 she didn't know any English so and my Lau is not great the greatest so it's for us to communicate was there's other other ways maybe that's why I like filmmaking or or photography was other ways to communicate there's where like she would I would try to have to translate General Hospital To her and why Luke and Laura got married and things like that in Lao and it it was funny. So when you when you with another language and you got to find other ways to communicate, maybe that I got so into visuals, into into sounds. So those are things that could express things versus literally. I am sad, you know. I'm telling you, I'm sad versus like uh, a frown, you know. So that kind of stuff. So it's 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 neat
0: is it important for you to know the ending before you start writing your screenplays
1: I mean I would love I would love to know the ending all the time it would be awesome sometimes I have it and sometimes it changes Um, I would love to know as many parts of of the puzzle um, as I can Um, sometimes you discover it and and it goes another way and um, I think that's the beauty of, of of sitting down and chipping things away because it might make more sense. Uh, a lot of times it anchors things and having an ending where you're concrete about it um, helps, you know. Uh, and so, but then you might fall in love with the characters and you don't want you don't want it to end that way. So, um, you know, again, trying to be flexible with that is is good in in my opinion. But having it, knowing the ending would be awesome and sometimes i i have that in my head um and then uh and then you you play around with the themes and then you follow the themes and hopefully you can direct direct everything towards the end you know so that would be my process i don't know if it works all the time
0: but as a rule it sounds like you don't always have to to know the ending before you begin something
1: yeah i think so i think so um it would be very helpful and it would just guide and help guide but um, I think you have a gist of your story and then if you have that gist then you probably could get to the ending you know um, quicker than you if you don't have
0: that with all roads to Perla did you know the ending as you begin
1: I had an idea of an ending now knowing how to tie it all up it took me a while Um, I remember I did have like I know how I wanted to end but how it but but how how it ended um, was still up in the air because there were so many loose parts Um, I think one of the things that I've found even with the script in the early stages is I don't know if anyone out there has a similar problem is your storylines sometimes it has to you got to wrangle them back and and have that fit, um, it, uh, and that that was the tri- tricky part, you know, um, and not make it seem so forced and things and massage it correctly, and um and get still get your message across uh, or the you know what the story is about. So yeah, um, when I started, I had an idea what's going to happen, um, but uh, you know without giving anything away, it 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 was. It guided but the little details w- was harder you know
0: maybe help me understand that so is it almost like if you were going to search for Halloween decorations but then you go down this rabbit hole and now you're searching fall you know you're, you're going and then you're like you know what wait my original plan was to look for Halloween decorations is that is that what you're talking about where you go you have to wrangle it back in
1: yeah like, like let's say for instance I had um we had skeletons, we had zombies, and we had, you know, we have ghosts. Uh, but only the ghost is at the end. You know, what happened to the skeleton and the zombies? Without it becoming, did, did we forget them at the aisle fourteen? Or you know, like, or did it, or did they disappear? Or did the ghost take it? You know, so if you knew that the ghost is. The one that's there at the end, because you just you don't you you know in the front yard, then maybe you want the zombies in the back later. You know you know you know you have the elements, but you know you thought like you wanted the ghost to be the one that is the main highlight. Um, I think that's what I'm kind of talking about more of like I have an idea I want the ghost to be my the guy out there, but how do I what do I do with the rest of the crew in that
0: interesting yeah. okay and and do you, do we really need to know how much and why you've left the skeleton in the aisle 4 or 14 whatever that
1: goes back to our discussion of do you want to handhold more or do you want to leave it leave it on um, leave it leave it a little bit more uh, obscure you know? so do we leave a foot out and you see the skeleton foot in aisle 14 or do you want the entire leg out or do you want the entire body out so you could see that he that skeleton got killed at aisle 14 know, that kind of stuff so that's the that's what's I think what I'm talking about in terms of like have an ending I have a feeling ending how do I get there with all these other other things that are happening but then sometimes you go you know what actually the skeleton should be the one that's at the end you know, so that could happen you know but with all Rose and Perla, I had I had a I had a, uh, a feeling what I wanted. Um, my challenge was like, I know I knew the last page. My challenge was the f- five pages prior to that last page, you know that kind of thing of you know tying things up and getting it right and who's and how do we get there to make it kind of you know dramatic and um, suspenseful things like that
0: and how long did it take you to write the full script the first draft
1: I started it like 10 10 years ago the first draft um, maybe a, a good um, good draft afterwards maybe like a, eight months eight months or so and then rewrite 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 more of of it so I don't even remember now it's like so 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 kind of like long ago but I do remember when I was starting it because I was like oh I'm gonna try to write my you know, I wrote one feature I was like I'm gonna do this this one and then I got stuck and I took one character and wrote a short film on it and that short film became my first short film called balloons go pop Um, of it so um, I I used it as a a a way to kind of like have a a uh, sort of like a sounding board I I didn't have the pressure of like oh I need to finish it in six months or nine months I was just going through exercises of it and trying to figure my way out even dialogue even um, all the all the elements of screenwriting so I was trying to just get better at it And then that over time I went back to the story and shaped it up um, until I felt confident um, that there was something there
0: and that was a 10-year process
1: Uh, from script to screen uh, from script to final shooting draft probably six five 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 six years
0: yeah Hmm. okay so you knew at that point then this is something I'm committed to If this story still interests me that many years later oh I think so if
1: you ask my wife and I think I was so stupid I was like hey if I die could you make this film please (laughs) it's so dumb I don't know I just got so like I don't know I I I don't even know why it's just like I I just wanted to finish you know I I just wanted to finish it um, because it took so much to get it going and then I just didn't want it to sit in my drawer or sit in my laptop um, so you know, I, I, I enjoyed the characters and I, I just wanted it to kind of see it come alive and again that's a selfish thing to oh I wrote something I want to see it come alive that kind of thing and 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 that's what I was driven at because like I said um, I love to quit things when when, when it d- doesn't feel right and this never not felt right so I just kept going and going um, and even though there are multiple many moments of of uh, you know, it's brutal so it's, it's a brutal thing and I want to come and not say there's a myth of, of of things there's a brutal stretch of each of each of the process to get it done how what are you doing with your life how's this happening How's the finance going? How are you gonna make rent? What are you gonna do this? How, what if you don't get to this festival? What if this distribute? You know all these kind, kinds of weird things that you don't think about when you first start writing, and going oh, fade in. You don't think then we're like oh, it just leads you on. So uh, the journey has been um, quite quite interesting. And uh, you know, but sometimes when you see these things, you all see some person awesome. They have a movie, and awesome they get another movie, and all this. And it just so happens because I was there and going, how did this happen? You know, it's like. But my thought was, if someone else can do it, let me deconstruct this. I could figure this out and do it. So, my only thing is, just trying to figure it out how to do it. So it's like, um, I found one side of the Rubik's cube that's that's what happened and um here we are just you know statistically sadistically enough ready to try to do another one so
0: there you have it is it really that selfish though to want to make it I mean going back to what we talked about it's also selfish to want to be promoted in corporate America so yeah it's really selfish
1: um maybe that's me just kind of like make me feel better uh because in the end it is a lot of like trying to you know play to your ego play ego your own ego and 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 figuring out and, and and going why do you want to do this you know because uh, I think it's a very honest question to ask yourself to, in the mirror why do you want to do this um it's almost because it's that's all you kind of want to do, and maybe feel like you're somewhat good at. Um, not because if someone's telling you that you're good at it is because you feel that it feels like you're good at it. You know, it's it's hard because it's like people will try. You try to enter competitions and you try to do this and and get validated in certain different ways. I think I got so rejected so many t- times that I I didn't want I was like screw validation I love doing it I'm gonna keep doing it you know it's like but what was what that t- what does that entail um, and when is it enough when is it enough so I'm still trying to figure that out you know as I go is when is it enough when do do I have to write how many scripts do I have to write you know how many um, uh, movies that would, would, would I Will make me happy. So then I'll be like, "Hmm." It's again just trying to make a sustainable career. Um, that's just the goal, my goal. So uh, that's where I'm at this point, and and trying to. Um, sometimes it's a curse because you're like, you know. You wish I, I wish I would get that that fourth more rejection to go. Okay, I'm, now I'm becoming a marketing. Assistant, there's something like that, and you're like, ah, oh, that would be so much easier, gosh. But now you're just like, why am I cursed to kind of put myself and, and the people I love in, in this this kind of like brutal um, uh, kind of journey uh, of filmmaking, you know? Uh, but then it's a privileged situation to cry about creating, so
0: fan off-camera as we were taking a quick break you said something about possibly why why not just do this as a hobby filmmaking screenwriting yeah yeah
1: no you know you know you I ask myself that every day it's like sometimes it's, it's it's just easier or more precious when you keep something to yourself as a hobby you know it's like this Going at it and going making it a living, it's you know it's not all hundred percent being creative. It's you know like, it's eighty five percent business, fifteen percent being creative, and and you have to um, be okay with that. You know sometimes, and and that and that is the the trick that that could lead to that cynicism. You know and like and 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 things that that happen. So what you know so I would ask, oh. I should just keep writing because I enjoy it. But what's that need? You know what's that need? So um, yeah, I ask myself that every day. Um, sometimes I wish it was a hobby, but I'm too stubborn and too, uh, you know, crazy to um, let let sleeping a sleeping dog lie or something like that. So uh, I, I keep pushing ahead.
0: Can you describe your typical writing day?
1: Yeah so I said I I find that I get a lot of good stuff down earlier my brain just is more lucid I think uh, because it's it maybe is because I'm coming off of like a um, sleep so six seven six seven to nine a.m is where I think I write my write my best Um, that's me personally and uh, I would just tackle tackle that and, and try to write some days I some days um, I could get four pages some days I'll get half a page but when I'm finishing up a script um, I write till like two or three from that moment so try to get a good eight hour <laughs> get eight hours in sometimes I'll stare at the page or I'm researching or on on talking things out or writing out but when I'm finished working on a script I I, I try to do that a good amount a good study amount each day um, the rewrites uh, when I'm doing rewrites so after just um, recently we are we just did a read through so we'll, we'll have it read through see how it sounds because uh, sometimes when you read a script it, You read it faster or slower so when you have someone who just reads it out you could get a better time if it's the scenes too long if everyone's twiddling their thumb and going hey let's wrap this up that's when we you could tell if you want to cut it cut it up more, make make it um, faster so we'll do a read through and then um, we'll have notes and then I'll go through um, wake up and send some emails but then I'll, I'll go through the notes and and, and and knock knock it out you know and go hey uh, this we need to add a little more humor here or, or hey we got to do this or cut this out or um, this is a th- three page scene um, we need to you know trim it down so I, w- I would work those angles so um, again uh, the earlier the better for me so I could you know it doesn't seem like um, my brain works a little bit better that that, that way.
0: When you do the read through, or you have someone else do it, are they reading with no emotion? Yeah, they're
1: just reading it through, so they don't have to act it out. Yeah, they could just you know read scene headings, seeing this, and sometimes they you know they'll get into an act, but they don't have to be. It doesn't have to be like a table read of everything, but it's just go interior. Um, Jacob's kitchen. So and so comes in, you know, and then they they'll just read it normal. Yeah, so so we could see the pacing and then if there's a issue where they want to go is like hey does he really have does he really say yes ma'am right now he said it three yes ma'am three 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 you know, pages ago or something I don't think he's going to say yes ma'am now so you could really kind of work on dialogue too and that it just this sounds a little bit off or forced you know. so every Everyone would have like an idea, and me as a writer, i will take the notes and go, um, you know, and that helps. That helps because uh, when you when you guys are reading in your head, it's, it, sometimes you get stuck, you know. So it's nice to kind of hear it, hear the words out. It doesn't have to be acted out, but the but that give you a better time frame. Um, so I recommend that if you could get even a friend after you finish something. Having to read through, um, it took the last read through took us about. We started at eleven and finished at like four, you know, because you're going through each word, each page, each word. We have a stop, you know, and you go, oh, what do you think about that? You know, things like that. So that really helped.
0: There's a new new job description in, a, in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, have a job as just a reader. Yeah, for, just read it just through on Zoom or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Nice. Is, um you know, it's better to have someone versus a writer read it or you know director, so you could sit there, have your team of collaborators, a producer, a director, whoever, you are, and so they could
0: hear it, hear it out. Once you start writing a screenplay, how often do you write? How often do you go to write it? So page one of something, you're getting up at six in the morning, maybe mm-hmm. you're excited. And then maybe you're stopping at 9 a.m., depending on your schedule. And then, how often are you going back to it
1: to finish during the day?
0: Um, d- during the course of however long it takes you to finish, so that whether it's a year, ten years. I
1: just did. I just finished uh, one. Uh, it took me about four months, um, and I spent um, every day pretty much at it for about. four average of like four to five hours a day on it so um, that one yeah so it depends like I said the roads to Perla. look how long it took but now as you get better and you're more confident of of uh, of what you want and the structure of the scenes and the things like that and um, I had in my head of like and the, what Stephen King always says of like you don't wait for inspiration you just get to work you know so even if i'm staring at the page or something i'm z- zone in i'm, I'm fo- focusing on it so i i wanted to kind of just keep chiseling it um and and sometimes you get a great breakthroughs you know and you'll write a, a good amount but um it, it's 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 different for each one for the last couple ones I, i'll be disciplined on that like um I just try to treat myself like an like an athlete. If I had to go do this for if in a day, what would so and so? I hear you know. Let's say like um, I just read something. It was just on Jimmy Butler from Miami. He gets. He said he was up at three or four a.m. practicing or something like that. So I want I wanted to implement those kind of like um, practices. They all say like um, I I try to do things that. Are, that that you don't want to do because uh, they're usually good for you and then so it's like I don't want to wake up every day and do this but um, but if you love it if you're challenged by it, it, it it's it's not that painful um, so uh, I'm fortunate to kind of go oh awesome I'm, You know, I'm gonna work on on this um, meanwhile we're also trying to you know, run um, you know commercials and things like that, so you have to balance kind of, kind of different things and stuff and and, and doing that, and you, and you might not have um, uh, certain weeks where you can, but I'll try to sl- at least slide something in. Maybe it maybe it's two a.m. to four, four, you know, afterwards, um, but at least I'll try to put the hours in um, for for writing.
0: Yeah. Wow. So you're up writing occasionally at two a.m yeah sometimes yeah
1: sometimes yeah because you're like you're just so um you're just so kind of addicted to it because like you know you're in the cut if you're just in the cusp of breaking through the scene you know and just get it out and then you can come back later and elevate it you know and and just and texturize it and do this but but you're in a role you know and like if you keep getting roles Then you'll get to that 90 page 100 page and you're like ah I finished and let it sit and now you could work on the rewrite afterwards
0: does writing energize you or exhaust you
1: both they they just kind of like hit you and um, you know uh, I get really excited when um, I could create that world that gets me really excited when I get the characters alive it exhausts me because I want it to go faster than than what where it's going um, I, you, know, you want it's almost like Christmas you want Christmas to come right away and you want to just tear through the, the presents but it's um, you know, and and you you come in on all sorts of problems and you just wish that you could figure it out right away and sometimes you need that break though it's like how come I didn't think about it yesterday but today is so clear this is what has to happen and and um, that that's exciting when I get that it's frustrating when I couldn't think about it that day you know, the answer to that you know, that question oh like oh that's a great line that leads to this or you know, or maybe I should add this um, action to it um, so it does energize me but it's definitely frustrating
0: what is the most difficult part of the writing process for you
1: yeah you know, I like to always try to be like honest of of the the ability of what I can do and I, you know, you strive to be the best you can and uh, like, I think the most difficult part is because you want it to be so good you're trying to figure out ways and there's so many elements to that is it this that's the story it's the dialogue it's it's the characters um, and how that all fits in it's putting it all together it's the difficult part is to make each scene so good that there is no bad scene so if there is a bad scene you have to get that scene out. So that, how how do we get it? it's everything's so good that's I and mean, that's the tough that's that's what we're all trying to figure out right how do we get the reader to turn the page to keep turning the page, it's when it gets boring when it's when it only gets you know not interesting when there's not a voice when the characters are doing the same thing we've seen this it's so so it's hard to find that creativity that juice to kind of. You might have one great scene, but then the other three are like average. How do I get those other three from a three to a five? You know, how do I get get it to a five? And that's the frustrating part. You're like, dang, is it the story, or dang, is it the character itself, or is it my stupid dialogue? You know, it's like that's the the hardest part of it all—the frustrating part. and that's what keeps it going, because you know you got one good scene. It keeps you know you're asking about what energizes. Oh man, that was great. It felt good. It's going. Then, then the next scene, it's, it comes to a dead halt and like stop. And like, what did I just write? You know, it makes no sense. It's boring. It's it's cliche. It's now or never. It's I love you. You know, versus you know, it's easy to say like show it, show it on screen, show the thing, but. To actually do it is—that's the craft and beauty of um, what all these great screenwriters are, are trying to do. You know, and it's like you, you see Michael Jordan shooting the basketball, but you don't see him all oh. those years of practice. So, so um, you know, we just try to get to work and craft the scene as best as we can, and get better at it, and and then finish the story and hop on to the next one.
0: Did you watch Last Dance?
1: I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's nice. It's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, behind this, you yeah. know, I always, oh yeah, I was love seeing the, everyone's process of of how to do things.
0: Right. Right. Especially someone who's very tenacious and always wants <laughs> to, you know, and and knows that that's something in him that he almost can't stop himself. Yeah. You know? it's really fascinating. Yeah. So you know.
1: It's so you could have it you could have a talent, you could have all of that, you could have a lot of different things, but I think what's hard to teach is that obsessiveness, you know? Why do you want to wake up? It's easy to sleep, you know, easy to put it off to the next day. Um so but you know, because of the pandemic and stuff, we're all we're all going through those questions, what you know, like of 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 things, what's important? What, what do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? How much time do we have? Things like that. I think, for me, it was you know uh, I you know I, I made a decision. You I know, mean, I, I lost my mom through uh, breast cancer uh, fifteen years ago, so that was the launch of me going. Um, I'm just going to try it and 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 try. It. Try something that, um, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Because it's easy to try things when you know what's gonna happen. And uh, so, you know, so I was like, I think being with her for those last couple months of just trying to go like, and giving she, her saying, go ahead. It was just, I was like, oh my gosh, I could go ahead and, you know, go ahead, really? You're, you know. I never had that kind of freedom from a parent, her especially her, because she wanted me to, um, you know, uh, do other things. But but then she finally knew, and I I, I loved that. I, I was like, I'm not, I'm going to take this and run and see how how far I could get, you know. So that's uh, that's what kind of helped start it all, no, you know. So my sort of pandemic hit 15 years ago of going like, oh. We're not given tomorrow, you know. And I, I'm gonna try as hard to get better each day because I like doing it, you know. Um, I'm not gonna waste time. I'm not gonna waste a year if I'm in a job that I didn't like because I, I'm not guaranteed next year. I, I kept that in my head, so that's why I had this thing about time, um, just because of of my mom. And so that, that helped me kind of like appreciate time and appreciate. Good and bad things, you know. It's not to say I want to have everything being great, but it's just I want to live life. You know, I want I want to experience it all. I just don't want to waste time being unhappy. I'd like to be unhappy because I could feel it. I just want to spend two years on it. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm living for two people. You know, so you want to experience everything, and you want it. it's, It's it's just as simple as going outside or taking the trash out. So all the things that I would convince myself I, um, that are you know hard or because I'm lazy or what, I was like even doing that I should just be grateful for you know going walking outside doing this. So if I have an opportunity to write a script, um, that's luxurious. So I'm gonna I'm gonna swing for the fences because we're you know we're not given uh, tomorrow. Pretty much.
0: With your screenwriting, Van, do you try to be original or do you try to give the audience what you think they would want?
1: I think uh, I try to come up with the original concept and, and uh, you, you want to start out with that and because that's sort of what, what drives you. I know you're supposed to, I know they say, hey, think about what, what the audience is or think about your audience, what's your genre, who's watching this, who's doing that. But. I think you would start writing the story that motivates you, um, and and what gets you through, you know, because you're gonna have, if you're gonna have to live with this for a long time in terms of like producing it or in terms of like writing it, and then if you go on to try to get it produced and, and made, it has to be um, something that 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 you're proud of or that you want to you know go through that journey with. So um, if that idea is an original idea for you and and at least it's for me i, I start with that uh, so all the scripts that i have um, written is 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 basically um from uh, original thoughts and not i don't even think about um, the budget and stuff like that maybe because the stories i write just tend to you know fall in the same thing but uh, you know it's not super high concept it's not out in space it's not this it's just like grounded in in what's happening here in humanity but but um when I start out something I come I come at from a uh, original perspective
0: do you think you could be okay with being a writer for hire or something where it may not be your style it may be too hand-holding of a story but you're being sort of like okay paid to do it even though it might not be something you would want to watch would you have trouble with that
1: um this is like me going through like if I'm actually writing sticking to the themes my original thought of all this was to have a sustainable career so to answer that yeah I would do it I'm not a young buck coming out of 25 years old and having the luxury of a lot of to- time and doing this but I think the more you can do anything The better you get, get at it. You know, Um, you know. You always hear now. I start to understand why people might complain, why actors take certain roles and things like that. You know, no one can't. Everyone can't be Daniel Day-Lewis and do these. Maybe you just want to be a role that's goofy and fun. Maybe I want to test my chops on something different. I'm not. You know, we talked about athletes and stuff. You want to come back to each season with new things that you learn. Everything, you know, whether if I ever get a chance at a studio um, world, writing something that's, you know, that I'm gonna learn something from that. You could always take that back, and then I could always do it as a hobby, my own stuff later, you know, that kind of stuff. So things like that. Um, So I'm not opposed to that. um, If if that is an opportunity. or you know, I'm not one of those. I'm going to be an a tour and everything that's going to happen. Um, I'm just trying to take it one one film at a time. If it happens, uh the they'll be. I think that would be um uh, a good problem to have to make that decision.
0: I always wonder about like actors who get these commercials where they become these spokespersons for like well over a decade. Yeah, and and. How do they feel about that? I mean, if it if it provides a nice lifestyle for someone and they feel a sense of satisfaction, maybe they weren't the leading role on General Hospital or something. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. know, it was always but then some people go to the sellout term, mm-hmm. and I think that would be. I think most of us would probably they'd go with the steady paycheck. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, if we think percentage-wise of things, and you, you want you know how many, like I said, how many of us can can be Paul Thomas Anderson or Quentin Tarantino? How uh, how many people are even behind the scenes doing stuff that we don't even know about that no one does that has to punch up a script or do this or, or do whatever you, ha- you have. But if you're in in it, um, it 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 beats um, other things. <laughs> so. Like you know, uh, 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 you know, definitely it would be something. It's now it's not like something you always want, want to do, and like uh, you want to build leverage, but also you want to be working, you know.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: No, no, yeah, nothing yeah. Wrong with
0: that. How has All Roads to Perla changed your writing process? I think
1: um, since it's one of the earlier ones, and 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 seeing. How it could be developed and, and into it. Um, I think now I'm trying to get tighter in my storytelling. Um, you know, you're trying to if again back to an athlete uh, analogy. An athlete, what could you work on? I think it's um, for writing for uh, film. I, I need to be tighter for 90 minutes. Um, for hours to Perla. And other things, I think there's a world where you can have it like episodic, limited series, so you could dive into the characters more. You know, Um, and uh, I think that's that's what I've kind of learned. If I have a if I have a situation or an idea that involves tons of characters, I probably would start out writing it as a pilot. Um, Now, if I have like a pretty great, idea that I could tell within the, uh, a film space of like 90 minutes um, I'll, I'll switch the film I think that's that's how writing that all roads of has helped me kind of kind of divide the the two areas I, I believe just to keep them separate because each, each one has its own sort of uh, you know um, format and, and, and expectations
0: when you say tighter do you mean that you feel sometimes the story will meander and you're trying to keep it on course
1: yeah yeah I think um, for me personally I think because I write very visually um, I think it's too flowery and I write as a writer director so there's a lot of things I'm putting on the page that that um, I don't need to Because I know I'm going to direct it, but I like to write it and and create it for for folks. But if I was purely writing as a writer, I get a lot tighter um, because I I want to experience that in terms of like not to be you know um, to explain things and not have as much you know camera direction or or setting things up and flowery. I want it tighter so I won't so I could turn the page that that would be my goal now before I think the goal before I was um, writing something with with heart now I think um, maintaining that but <laughs> but condensed
0: yeah Van, if we were going to get a seven minute lesson from you on writing a screenplay so I've never written a screenplay before but I had this movie idea can you help me write that screenplay in seven minutes, <laughs> not the actual screenplay. Seven minutes, instruct me on how.
1: Um, man, uh, you know, I'm not one, an authority, but if I had to, if someone, if I was asking myself that when I was starting, what, what would what would I say to my younger self um, in seven minutes? How to start this? Um, what I would, I would first off see what's the story, what's the, what's the genre, and, and and why do you want to tell it? In three words, give me three words about the story. It could be just three three words. Revenge. Um, another word. So we'll we'll start with those words. Then give me a character. Who do you want in the character? Then I'll go ask. Okay, where does this take place? Um, get the character. What's the character's job? What does that person do? And what does that character want to do and then develop the world develop the character and why do you want to tell that story and we'll start from there and then go out go back and then just even if it's one page or two pages or three pages um, write something about what this character does in that world with their job and what when, what, what they want to do and then once you have that, then we could flesh it out a little bit more, and then then maybe like you said, start an outline. Um, what, wh- what do they need? What's their obstacles? Um, and and then we add more characters in. But I, I would probably start with um, who the ma- who the main character is and and the world they're in.
0: So then just quickly, I'll give you my character is a waitress at a greasy spoon diner off route whatever in texas okay she's 40. Um, she makes decent wages there it's not really an exciting job but the owner of a local plant has said I will make a deal with you and that deal is I want you to listen to what my employees say when I'm not there and you're going to report back and I'm going to put you on payroll okay
1: all right seems like there's a lot of conflict there's some sort of like moral uh, you know, dilemma as well and you got a character on um, and then what and then you could explore explore that explore the routes of is she a good hearted waitress is she does she want to become the owner of this take out the boss or does she want to fight for who's who's doing who um, they're listening into um, so there's different routes in that. So it starts to what's what's the 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 makeup of this our hero or or protagonist because they could be like the Joker. He's you know he he didn't have to be the best guy, but um what what was this person doing? And so at least you have you have that and you have that to start and then um, and then throw throw a couple obstacles and then and. See what happens, you know, uh, because it could lead somewhere else. Because you're just you just have an idea, you don't have it yet yet formed. So run with it, run with something, run with a direction, and and maybe write it, um, and then that might spur spur something forward. Hence, time back to the daydreaming, because you don't know what could lead. Because you're saying, oh, actually, she's doing this because she wants to get to New York, and because you know why? Because she she um her, her uh you know um she gave up a, a daughter and now that and she wants to, you know, she wants to go see that because she only has six months left to live and she wants to make peace with that daughter and, and tell her things that she she wished that someone told her. Something I like, like it. that. So that's just that's the association disconnect and you could, you could go, okay, is that the story you wanna tell? Or you know, or do you want it a, a a you know a drama, or do you want it a um, a genre, a horror film? So so you stick stick to that, and that that's where it'll lead.
0: And what was the last part? I'm asking myself, why do I want to write this? Yeah, why why?
1: I think you should also also ask why, why do you want want to write this? What like, it's a question where because it's gonna draw. Drive the narrative because um, it's that that's the question and the answer is your your screenplay because it's it's, I think there's something in that film that you create that you're trying to investigate. So why do you want to write this? What's going on? Are you trying to talk about um, unrequited love? Or are you gonna try to talk about, um, you know, Haunted past, or you're going to try to talk about, you know, uh, a a new way out, a new living, you know, hope and things like that. So, why do you want to talk about that? And it generally has to do with sometimes what's happening in your life, you know, right now. And it's because it's easier to because you could feel like, oh, I feel that I want to talk about anxiety, the loss of jobs, the the, the loss of the economy, being a new um, homeowner. Uh, not knowing if I can make that how could I synthesize that feeling into the script of this girl in the diner how to get that feeling anxiety in there what she's going through you know. so that's how it would kind of help usher it along and then just write your first draft and come up with an image you already got the image diner maybe the opening shot is a bottle of ketchup who knows and, and it falls on the floor and she picks it up and sweeps it away and that could be an image, a theme that could that you could hold on to throughout, um, you know, sparingly. So you're not totally spoon feeding the audience of why is that a catch-up? She part of the Hunts family? Who knows? You know.
0: Do I know the ending?
1: Um, Do I need to know it? What if you write three endings, put in a hat, and pick one. And then and go from there
0: hmm.
1: so if a lot of times I think for me I have problems deciding so if if there's a course already set and you know you have a couple of different things you could try it but then if it's a course you don't like you revere you back sort of like maybe that's what I do in my life it's like I'll try it if I don't like it I'll veer back You know. so it's sort of like a, that process of for me for writing I'll, I'll go down on the road and, oh, oh my gosh that dialect's too cheesy I don't need that character I don't need to talk to the other waitress I needed to talk to the mailman that came and gave her a package that came from new york or something like that You know.
0: so then the three alternate endings could be she makes her money she leaves that town she doesn't look back she sees her daughter she tells her I'm sorry Um, she has a sense of peace the daughter has a sense of peace the other ending could be she meets a good-looking drifter and he's a smooth talker and he says darling I want to take you to New York I want to see mama meet her baby and they go she packs he says hang on I'm going to get smokes at this gas station he robs it she doesn't know that she's in the car now she's an accomplice He gets arrested she gets arrested she goes to prison she dies there third she's too scared to go the daughter says I don't don't come and she ends up staying at this diner and um, nothing much happens to her and she just kind of stews in the regret
1: yeah those are great 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 three things see so with even with that we just spitballed in two three minutes, and just write it. A lot of times, we'll just sit there and wait for two months or three months, and oh, this is not working. I gotta research this. I gotta do that. But if you stick to those feelings, I'm already thinking about the girl. Oh, what if she came to the diner finally? And then you know, like, and just different things. So that's what happens. That's sort of what happens, I and mean, you kind of like go with it. But you never know, I like I know where it, it goes unless um, you try it. So.
0: Yeah, that's good if she shows up.
1: Yeah, so, right. Why'd you give me up? You know.
0: Right.
1: Then you have that awesome, or it could be really like that. You know, scene from the wrestler wrestler when when she she uh, the daughter comes and talks to Mickey Rourke and that powerful exchange of like, well, you know, things like that. So.
0: Right.
1: Or it could be a thriller that she comes back and. Poisons or I don't
0: know. oh gosh, yeah. I like it. Now I want to write this thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That helped. I liked the throwing the three things in there, and then some of the other ideas I wouldn't have thought about. The daughter in New York.
1: No, oh, you don't. That's that's the so now when you do that when you that's the fun part when you start then you read it out loud. You're not, oh, it, things open up, you know. Like so, that's why I think it's important to not be holding to what you've done, you know. Because it's like you should feel really good that you've already wrote it; it's out there. But if that scene needs to go, it needs to go, and a new one can be born. That's it that's the whole thing, and not be so precious with with these scenes because um, I think that's I think that's the scary part because you well at least for me I'll talk about me again sometimes you feel like you can't do it like it won't be as good or it just it won't work or it's it's, you haven't thought about it you know, because it
0: takes a lot of work yeah and you brought up stuff that I wasn't thinking of and so and then I I liked it better what you brought up and and
1: and you brainstorm yeah mm -hmm.
0: yeah what's the title of this
1: of uh, the um, let's see I love titles Um, that's the hardest that's that's one that kind
0: of
1: what do you what do you feel the title should be
0: waiting and that might be too cliche sorry but it's also it's not just what she does but Uh her daughter is waiting for an answer yeah she's waiting to start her life so as cliche as it sounds, there's many meanings to that.
1: Yeah, I probably would. It takes me longer with the with the title because that would that's sort of would what, would what, what drive would drive it on. Could be, you know. Is it more about the daughter or the mom? Good question. So, you know.
0: Right. I think it's more about the mom.
1: Yeah. So so pick her middle name and then
0: Jolene she's a southern gal she's a southern belle maybe she won a beauty contest when she was younger but she got stuck in this town
1: and Jolene sounds great yeah that I think that's a good good sounding name or you could, and then you could add um, or you could as you as you go um, maybe it's a letter that the t- uh, uh, a phrase a letter that she she had slipped for the baby whenever she had or something like that or maybe maybe it's both of their names Jolene and uh, Jolene and Izzy you know, I like that who, so maybe it's about both of them so you, and then you couple them up like Thelma and Louise <laughs> <laughs> And then you have them drive off the cliff
0: sure right. and then there's a brad pitt character too yeah gotta yeah. have that one you
1: gotta have that <laughs> and a dancing scene every great movie has a scene. that's true scene.
0: yeah and every 80s movie had a great singing scene <laughs> you've mentioned previously reading a lot of screenplays where do you find the screenplays that you read
1: i whether it's on, on the internet uh, and you just kind of like um you know look for those are like established like uh like screen screenplays where it's like theme in Las Vegas or or or, or um, you know, uh, movies that are coming out for for Oscars because they would release it by the studios or things like that or the blacklist um, announcements will have that I also have worked with a, a development for um, film entertainment and where I would cover lots of different um, screenplays so I get to see and read tons that aren't that aren't produced yet and things like that so you kind of you, you kind of get a, uh, a a good or I kind of get a good uh, uh, grasp of what's what's being out there and, and what's been done when you read you know read your favorite screenplays and and watch the movies and I think that's that's a good start
0: do you watch the movies first or read the screenplay first or it varies
1: I think it varies but some sometimes I I prefer the screen the screenplays um because I like to have my own um, interpretations of that but there are some uh, like um, that I've read that are just really spot on but I love I love reading screenplays um, it just kind of flows and you could see, you read enough of them I guess you could feel uh, you could really tell the writer's voice it's, it's it's cool when you do when you do when you see that and like oh wow you know that really flows, and the way they use alliteration, or there's ways they use their periods, or how they space stuff, or how, you know, all these little things, because um, there's not not much else. But the way you move it is is how you know it's pretty vital. I think that's the craft of it, and and being um, economical in terms of describing things, and and um, and you know it's so true. I keep going back to these cliches of like. Arrive late and leave early, you know that kind of stuff um that you always hear and it's 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 hard to do when you're 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 kind of in that world the focus, so that's why it's good to just get that first draft done and then just cut chopping you know and and you feel you if you miss it and then add it back in you know
0: do you ever read non professional screenplays yeah
1: yeah yeah I think I mean not as much as recently of of things um but uh Of you know just different friends and things like that, or uh, last couple of years not as much though. A lot have been um, just from you know what's out there. Um, So to answer that question, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't read many non-professional screenplays last like three years or so. Yeah.
0: What's the difference between an amateur script and a professional script?
1: they, They say it's like the first couple pages and um, it's the command of that page the way you intro a character the way um, the world is created the way that um, it it, you you turn the page that that's it I don't know how like um, when you read something that um, makes you want to get up and go to put the popcorn in the microwave or go make a toast uh, that's that happens with professional screenplays too there's a lot it's hard it's hard to keep someone engaged for how many like an hour and a half to read if you read that thing so the difference I would say is how how they get into the characters build that world and um, and have unique voices and make you want want to care on the page that you could feel you could see the movie in your head you know, I think that's, that's that's the thing you've seen something that you've that you haven't before versus like oh this reminds me of that or this oh this reminds me of um, you know, Forrest Gump but I think uh, when we, we first start, I'm, I'm at fault of it too is because we don't, we were tr- we're being influenced and and being inspired by the things that we like and we come it comes into our work but that's why if you stick to the themes you stick to how you express those I think you ha- have something more ri- original because it's your voice it's connected to you personally um, so that's the answer it's being personal because it's something personal to this individual that I'm, I want to experience that I see it on the page yeah
0: and is that going back to what we talked about earlier is finding the why yeah, the, uh, I think so. Script.
1: Yeah. why? You know, it's like, hey, why do I want to 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 write this? Because there's layers of stuff, even if it's um, an allegory to this or parallels, it's it's a lot of different things, even if it's about space Martians or even it's a fast and a furious. There's other things involved, you know, um, why? why? And then when you when when you actually read something um, that drives you, It's because uh, that person has 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 made uh, these characters come alive, you know, and you 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 want to know what's kind of happened. So I think that's that's the difference because it's hard to explain, I guess. But when you read it, you're like, ah, I'm gonna go make coffee instead. Versus like when you read something, you're like, wait a second. I'm going to read that if you guys are like um, back even I took like a lot of English classes even though I was a business major I was too lazy to change um, majors but I remember reading Jude the Obscure cut all day Thomas Hardy book like just couldn't put it down it took me a couple days but I couldn't stop now imagine a script which is 100 pages so that's that's the aim and the goal um, to have s- s- to write something that someone can't put down um, not everyone everyone there's going to be a lot of people that hate it a lot of people that love it but there will be a, a person that's going to love it and can't put that down that's that's the kind of that's the goal I think
0: Right, judy bloom books from yeah the, yeah couldn't Just put, them, put down. them down they were all excellent yeah definitely how do you work with actors, and actually more specifically, how does your process working with actors evolve from the audition to then working with them on set? Yeah,
1: great. Um, that's that's fun part working with actors. There's, I mean, an actor so talented. They, you want to create um, opportunities for them to perform at their highest level, and from for our for our purposes for our woods Perla, um, we didn't, you know. There's no rehearsals. They just come. They come and just nail it. You know, it's just just the way, just how how they are. Um, but each one is each actor is different. You know, it's like being a coach again from a team. Each player is motivated in certain ways. Each character is developing certain things. Your, my job as a director, for me, is to provide them. Uh, place to try things to to get into that character and to elevate what's on on that script Um, and I think that that's the key to to have them add their special sauce to this dish because even if the way someone says two words or the way their eyes twitch could say a lot and it's because they're feeling that character and that they're not walking through they're not just dialing in it's because I, I that's what makes them great you know, it's versus um, someone who's reading lines you could feel that's the that's their gift to to perform and make that character uh, emote um, so as a writer you try to give them the words to do that but as a performer and as a director I just get out of the way And go, hey, let's take another take. (laughs) That's easy. Hey, try this. It's a matter of having, you know, a director's that job is, you know, it's like it's a taste. You direct things, you say this, but you just got to give the actor that 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 luxury. You know, um, some people need something to hold. Some people need this. So you you have to know what each actor needs and give that to them. You know, so. Um from audition to screen, again, I was lucky to ha- be working with stellar actors for the first time professional actors who who have been doing this for years you know addison's was is she's was acting for decades dash my hawk decades so it's me just for them to love the script and and run with it and that's the that's the key, you know. Get that script so they they um, they feel like they could add something to it.
0: So the delivery of lines, little facial micro expression, exactly something twitch in the eye,
1: twitch. And here's the best part that they do it over and over again, the exact same way. So when you edit, it's almost seamless. That's a professional. You know that's what they're giving you, that that opportunity in the edit room to use takes that are just great. But they do it in a way where it's just not like my hair is blown this way or this hair is this or this shirt or um, things, and just that professionalism and understanding um, what the character needs, but then just delivering in that, you know? In a hot room with no AC.
0: <laughs> After 12 hours. Yeah. And, yeah. How does a director build strong relationships with actors?
1: Um, for a first-time feature director, uh, I mean, I would be nervous. Um, but the only commodity I had was the script, and everyone who was working there um, liked the script before they liked me. So I, it, I had nothing um, to do with do with that personally in terms of like me but for me to gain like the trust of the actors is um, I think it, it was a lot of my train, like training and being a portrait photographer we talked about before is is we, we have to give ourselves and, and 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 be vulnerable even to the crew as well everyone it's not like I'm going to walk on the set and say I'm Martin Scorsese and you know or, or, or whatever it's like I'm the least experienced person on set. Thank goodness, because you know, and just be honest with that. But you know, but I know the story. I know it f- inside and out. I'm here to make and have this vision, and you, I'm here to work with you guys to create something I can't even imagine. What's that's in my head? So you you, you set that out, and hopefully um, the, the team follows, and and they build, and you and each day. Um, you work for their respect. You work um, and show it. It doesn't happen the first day, first week. It it, um, it happens through time, just like relationships. And um, um, you know, and and I, and f- I'm I'm one to always maybe I'm a pe- grown up as a people pleaser, so it's harder. I'm like, oh, okay. Do you need this or that or? Um, so I'm always on edge. So, um, but but I I hope to start like that, but it's a fine line too you want it you're, you run you run the ship too you want it you, don't want it you want to make sure things are going accordingly and and and, um, and uh, not be a pushover in terms of 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 your vision you know? and you could take lots of ideas and lots of things and and you'd be dumb not to but in the end of the day you have to take all that information you have to decide what is best for, for, for the story and you get to make that decision and you live and die with it <laughs> you know, so um, as a director you get a lot of credit but you shouldn't because it takes 140 people 40 people to 100 people to make it but if the movie is not as successful you, you go down with it too but um, that's what you sign up for I guess
0: did you self-finance All Roads to Perla
1: actually we, we financed uh, All Roads to Perla with um, private equity on um, tax um, and debt um, so a bank and then uh, that's the th- three components how we we got it so we had investors and then um, we sh- uh, we shot in Oklahoma that gave us a 32 um, percent a, a tax incentive to shoot there um, and then we made up that tax incentive through through um, financing through through uh, through uh, a bank loan with that so that's how we came up with the budget and we, and we're able to hit the ground in Oklahoma because of that yeah
0: so what happens first the self-financing you have like your own little chunk and then you decide what state you want to go to mm-hmm. and go to their film commission or what? yeah
1: so so you could go like Atlanta on um, New Mexico Louisiana it's just all depends the and then you you have to um, go to the film commission you you file You know, an application you got to, you know, if you it meets all the requirements, and even while you're in production, you have to keep really good books and and records, and there's going to be a a third party audit and all these different things before. So it's pretty extensive, and you want to have that covered and um, of that. But if you were to shoot, whether it's in California, Vancouver, um, you know, for you for for producers out there, there. That are trying to raise a um, dollar having a tax incentive you really need to raise 68 cents to the dollar so that's what really what that meant because you're spending in that state and you're also hiring the crew um, in that there's supposed to be a, a, a percentage of cast and crew that is from that that state um, to to uh, you know follow the rules of the 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 tax incentives so each each state will have their own like New York and New Mexico and things like that so it's a really um, I think right now even in Australia or New Zealand because of the pandemic I think their incentives if I read correctly was like 50 percent or something now so they're just trying to get production going
0: and then tell me about this loan
1: oh so um, so let's let's say let's say your budget is 10 million dollars and you're shooting in um, Oklahoma and they're going to give you 32 percent so really effectively you only have to raise 6.8 million right so um, so but to make the full 10 million you don't get that money right away you need to make up that sort of Gap and and things. So someone you need to get a collateral or loan to to make the ten million, the three point two million. So that would be a bank or whoever could give you that. You know that that's what debt or maybe there's another um, person that's going to loan you that money, but that's going to be debt. So that's what you know that's what happened. So after you finish shooting, after you do the audit, then you get the money back from. Uh, Oklahoma after you file everything then you could pay back the debt
0: uh, and that's a gap loan uh, I'm not too oh, okay. you know,
1: that's a little bit that that's a little bit different oh uh, I see okay okay yeah.
0: so it sounds like you can't get one without the other so you couldn't just go and say hey I want to shoot here and I want incentives but then you don't have your own quote-unquote equity deposit that you're putting in you've got to have that first is that right because you can't go without any of your own money in or is that well you can't it
1: it it just depends because you if you want the full budget because that includes post-production deliverables and things if you're an independent um, producer and you have just enough to to get into production maybe do another fundraise uh, or another raise later to finish the movie called finishing funds just just in case because if you just want to get like in production you could raise the production budget post-production money could be raised later it just all depends on how, how you how you do it um, for instance it costs to color the film to make DCPs to to um, get an editor things all of that that's the all the po- the, the compo- uh, composer sound sound mix but if you just have enough money to get into production a lot you know a lot of it just depends on your you and your producers and how you feel about that Um, you know it's it's tricky it's definitely a you know you want to you want the full budget but if you have enough just to get in production and then the actors are only available that time period you never know if it's going to go so you're like hey let's just get let's get just get on the ground and shoot
0: so theoretically can you approach a film commission for to apply for for uh, incentives before you have any budget raised
1: Uh, they'll ask you if you if you do they'll they'll, you 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 got to show how how much um, uh, capital and equity that you've raised and things Uh, I didn't fill that out part out so the other producers did but I'm not specific on the Oklahoma thing but uh, but we had raised the equity um, to get yeah to get there, and then and then you have to I believe show you know your bank statements and things like that. So wow. so they know hey you're just gonna say hey I have the budget and then you get there and you don't and things like that. So yeah they they have their vetting process as well.
0: And you had originally wanted to shoot in Texas, correct?
1: That's correct, yeah. And and that's because the film is set in Texas, and I was. Er- I had scouted in Fort Worth, and um, and things, but um, just strictly because of the tax incentive, and we just drove up three hours, um, having the same landscape, and and uh, and we were able to, you know, um, shoot in Oklahoma instead. Yeah.
0: How did you pitch the company that helped you finance all roads to Perla?
1: I met uh, Red Sanders of Red Entertainment and Red uh, Productions. Um, through a composer our composer named Curtis Heath who did a lot of my um, uh, short films and they were in Fort Fort Worth and I was scouting in down there and he was like hey have you talked to red entertainment I was like no I haven't and then um, uh, they have offices in Santa Monica I was in LA at the time and sent over an email and say we have a mutual friend Curtis um, I've got the script that I'm you know." going to be done and um, they they read it loved it we had a meeting and I love people from Texas and they they were like s- sweethearts and they were just great and Derek and red are just fantastic folks and then um, I had uh, I had my uh, mood reel I had my look book I had pretty much you know um, things this and they uh, things set up and they they liked it and then I eventually became with GoPop Films and Red Productions and we we held sort of certain um, you know uh, meetings for investors and things like that but eventually we we cobbled up the financing through um, separate investors and got that all done. Um, red and Derek were instrumental in in lifting the project even further and getting the script to uh, Lindsey Graham, who who worked at uh, Betty May Casting, and she was just finished casting like um, a Star Is Born and, and Suicide Squad and things like that, uh, and, and 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 bigger features. But she she liked really liked the script and came on board, and that through that through that our project um, uh, picked up steam, you know, and we were able to. That's how we were able to get. Um, Actors to respond, uh, and things like that, and 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 um, w- w- that's how we got lucky in terms of nailing some of these really, you know, like Dash and Addison and Alex um, and the whole crew there. Um, so through with without that involvement, without Red and Derek and you know and Lindsay, uh, I would have been just shooting um, all roads Perla with my father <laughs> in there acting, you know. So. You know, uh, uh, somehow it just swims up, Um, and then, mind you, we also approached other tons of other production companies who 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 we wanted to partner up with. But you know, you get hey we don't get the script. Uh, This it's not for us, or we have a similar project, or you know, it's lots of things. So that's why I even sit back here to today, just thinking it's a miracle that it it's even out there for people to see. So. so it goes back to that question when is it good or or crap uh, Charles Bukowski and I was like man after just going through this gauntlet uh, I'll, I'll reserve, reserve my uh, opinions to myself
0: do you know why some of the investors passed did they give you what when when these were people I know you said that they had said it might be similar to something I already have or it's not for them but when red sent it out to the people in his network
1: yeah I again it has to do with subject matter. It has to do with connection. It has to do with um, people connecting it, you know, like or people wanting to change the story, or people want to do this, or or does it resonate? So back to your question, go why do you want to write this? So you have to find people that kind of falls in that wheelhouse that believes the same way you do. Uh, our film is is. About love and pain, loss, love, lust. It's 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 a dark and gritty film, and it's not for, not for everyone. It, it's it's um, to me there's messages of hope, but to others they might see an ugly side of society that um, doesn't hit. You know, especially especially. So when an investor reads it, are they going to connect connect with this? You know, um, so so they either do or they don't and you you go into the next person who who connects with it and 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 find that Um, so if you're out there it's just like first you have to champion yourself then find people that would help champion you and then and then keep going I think that's the, the steps
0: when you're dealing with production companies investors what do they want to see first a log line synopsis of the script
1: yeah so basically basically on um, log line gets everyone if you could make a killer log line I know it's it's hard one two sentences uh, your pitch deck your lookbook, your mood reel uh, to for them to get them excited to read the script no one wants to read anything so you know, um, that's the problem there's just a lot of scripts so how do you get um, people to, to read it so you have to entice them whether it's through that log line through the lookbook, through the mood reel through whoever's already attached or an actor or a producer it just has to, and that's what they call it a package I guess you package things so it makes them it makes it harder for them to say no um, so that's what I would do as much as you can um, so start definitely start with a lookbook. so at least it gives you an idea of, of um, what the story is about the mood and tone, and then you know, you don't want to give a crime thriller to um, family drama production company that, unless they want to branch off and do something different because they're used to doing that. So, just you know, maybe research comparable films and what production companies that, that have produced that in that particular budget level and then approach them, you know, things like that. So, um, IMDb pros will be your friend, and um. And just research, uh, and then, and then just send out and and hope hope someone reads it. It took me five years, so you know.
0: Can you describe the All Roads to Perla lookbook? How many images are in it? How many pages?
1: Sure. So basically, it's like a PowerPoint presentation. I think mine had like twelve pages, and you know, I'll say the, I'll have a picture. The color palette the tone pictures from from um, a lot of the pictures because I had photographed already because of my my photography so it's already a world that I've already created um, then I would add you know, the log line the tone the theme and then and then that's the feel the visuals of it what this movie would look like uh, I just and then I had a mood reel so what that meant was I, I I clipped together films and music and made like a trailer of how I, the film would look like it's interesting because I just looked at my mood reel that I created I hadn't looked at in ages and you should see it through the trailer right now five years apart to see the the difference it's pretty fascinating um, and our composer Oh, not no, the sound designer is like, man, oh my god! Just saw that mood reel. That dance scene looks almost identical to the, what we shot. Didn't know what was what. You know, it's kind of fascinating. So, if you could show what the what the world you're creating already without shooting it, you know, you know, it's a quicker way than creating a short film to, to to create that atmosphere. At least it will give you entice you to read the script. That's all I wanted someone to do that they knew I knew how to make visuals I knew how to make sound now you, you just judge me on my um, narrative writing um, so that, that was my thought, thought process
0: and how long is the mood real
1: it's like two minutes yeah two minutes or two minutes and 30 seconds something like that or a previous they call it a previous too um, so I do that now like if they send me like of um, like a uh, uh, manages managers send you scripts to read, and it's something you like and you want to be up for it to direct. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great script. That's a fantastic. I'll quickly throw up a, a mood reel and go, this is how I see the film. This is what I'll do. You know, um, the tone and mood of it.
0: So, if I'm understanding correctly, it was about three to four years of this process of you sending out the lookbook, the mood reel, the packaging for All Roads superla how many people did you actually send it to and what was their response time how many actually read the screenplay
1: Um, I have an excel spreadsheet of everyone who I would send it to I don't remember I don't I I know I kept it because I I like to keep track of it a a lot of people did not read or did not respond the majority majority of it I was even determined to shoot it no matter what it was of that fateful sort of it only took one which was red productions so maybe out of 50 to 100 red productions or I'm just I'm just throwing on there I, I know it was pretty um, red productions came on and even after red came on we went to bigger production companies to kind of um, get involved and that was pretty much turned down. Turned down too, so we just did it on did it on our own. So that process, I couldn't even get my friends to read it. I couldn't get like fam- It's that's why I'm saying no one likes to read anything, you know. Even even what have you? It's 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 that's why it's a, a miracle that Derek was like read it and loved it. So it just took you know it was like oh what is the story and what's that you know um, so. To be long-winded, it took. We I submitted it for quite a few, and it was really just one or two that responded, and then that was it. You know, that's all it kind of took.
0: Knowing this, knowing that it's very difficult to get anybody to read a script, is there anything you think you could do to speed up this process the next time around?
1: Uh, I think the next time around, um, it's it's. Getting it easier, but I think most people don't make it to the next time around. So the first time around, I don't think there is. I think it's just because we're saturated, and even it's like you just it's like I, I always go back to that Denzel Washington quote. You know, you stick around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. So no, no matter it's the third rejection, the one hundredth, or the four hundredth, you just got to stick it out, and then you're going to get frustrated and you can just get tired and go I don't need to wait for anyone I don't need this production company say yes I'm going to do it and then you set a date Uh, once I set a date that's when I got uh, phone calls when I said November 13th a specific date I'm shooting no matter what this train is going Then it it started, even with actors and even with this stuff. So you have to be very specific. Can't go. I'm shooting in the fall. I'm shooting November thirteenth, even at two p.m. We're rolling first night. You know things like that. That helped because that made it real. You know who was important to me. It made it real for me. So I was like, then whoever I said that to, I'm doing it. You know. And then so that's why I was like, gosh, I'm either delusional or naive but I think you have to so that's that's sort of what happened so I I don't know if I could do anything different
0: and the other part that you said most people don't they don't get a second time to do this
1: Uh, I was just looking at the numbers of something someone someone sent the numbers after your first feature was like you know 17 percent you know for so that's not the majority you know especially when you have investors and people so that's what I'm saying as a producer to have sustainable career is to make the investors money back it's not about art you know as a director you might be able to but um uh, that's the fear and you look at the stats and what's happening so you have to mitigate that risk um, you have to figure out ways to maneuver that and that's that's the business side that's that's not going hey this frame looks awesome oh that's a great color dr- color great makeup and this it's how are we going to do this again and how can we deliver it and how can we shoot it in time and how we get it under budget um, that's just the reality of it and um, you know, and uh, that's the brutal part of it unless you shoot it with your iPhone and you know, and 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 which is great and have crew but there's only a certain amount of favors you could call you you know you don't want to ke- not pay people to to work their long hard hours and what they do they do you know it's there's there's only so much you know um, I just feel that's just me personally you don't you know I don't want to be a production company that doesn't pay people to not do the you know, everyone needs to be paid so and there's t- takes a lot of people to make something and that adds up to the budget um, so
0: would you say it's easier for you to get your emails returned now that you have an excellent body of work to point to
1: yeah I think so because you 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 have that first first feature um, kind of done so now they can't say oh he hasn't done a first feature but now they could say but he hasn't done a thriller You know, there's always something but the whole game name of the game I think what's important is if it gives you confidence it gave me confidence to keep going so all these little wins so if you get any little win any little thing keep it because there's just so many losses so you could get these this confidence to keep going now because of all oh, roads perla sleeping in plastic on um, script I got ma- management opportunity in there and there and I had three other scripts ready to rock and roll and a tv pilot so I'm waiting on all this I wanted to make sure I'm not when the opportunity to meet you talking to people oh what are you doing after this I'm not fumbling and going oh I'm working on something It was like here here you go I've got tons left um, and I wanted it to create a situation where um, it was hard to people harder for people to say no You know, like I do not want to wait around because you're waiting around all All these years, so all that anxiety made made me write, you know, and and do all these kinds of things. So I wanted to make sure I had things. So um, so I was able to um, get reps, and then they they now help push the projects, um, and things, and and um, you know, thankful for that in terms of 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 trying to climb this hill of who what of creation, you know, of of um, getting. Projects made, um, so I'm still learning each day. This whole thing, you know. So, which, which, um, uh, yeah, it's fun.
0: Did you approach Gravitas, or did they approach you?
1: Uh, we had, uh, so we have a um, sales agent, uh, Prince Films, and who uh, their their duty is to get it, try to um, get our film sold to different territories and things and um, I think uh, gravitas uh, uh, Igor Prince reached out to gravitas and then they they made an offer that that, that was uh, suitable um, for us and then that was for North America um, so it's uh, being distributed you know, um, th- through all streaming platforms cable and things um, we had a limited uh, theatrical release plan but um, in LA and New York but that got you know, squashed but uh, but again you know, we're super thankful for for just to reach daylight um, you know, considering you know, considering what so many other filmmakers are going through and having their films shown up this year and not even going through the festival festival route with all the virtual festivals and things like that we were lucky to um, start our festival last year um run and then it ended earlier because of the pandemic so but but we were able to get um north american distribution
0: did you have to sell the film in any way to gravitas or because you went through this um uh sales agent uh it um yeah
1: so you kind of sort of uh you have your film and do you you could either s- Sell it through different territories or worldwide, and um, so Igor, he he does the dealings for that. You can go to Gravitas yourself, I believe, or any distributor, um, for that matter. You know, you don't. It's I would equate it to having. Um, if you built a house, you could sell your house by yourself, or you could get a realtor. They get a commission, things things of that sort. So um, usually when you have sales reps and they have relationships prior to that, you know, because you're bombarded usually by a lot of films. Some people answer the phone more than others, and and then Igor took our film through all the different markets, you know, Toronto, um, Can, um, different things. So they would have booths set up, and and film buyers um, would take a look and things like that. So that's the advantage, I would say, we're having a sales agent. Um, who is there to te- help push the sale of your film? But uh, we went with Gravitas because uh, they had, uh, you know, good favorable terms. There were, there were, there were, um, you know, nice folks, and and it was also, you know, a situation where we, you know, we still have um, international rights as well, as well.
0: How has COVID impacted your filmmaking career?
1: Let's see. I think just in terms of. In, in general this personally and professionally you know, it's puts a puts everyone at at a pause this you know, we talked about earlier to like to see what is important in life what what, what do we want to do um, it kind of makes you think about those kinds of things um, how how it personally has affected my filmmaking life is I think when you go through the process of owning a business or trying to make a film There's always a monkey wrench, and if you could survive the monkey wrench, and it hasn't hasn't um, taken your legs out, and 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 you're still standing, um, you keep trudging along. Uh, There's whether uh, you know, and I I try to have that state of mind and mentality. Um, Okay, if I can't do this, then there's something else I can do while this is happening. I could write. I could research. I could. Um, think of ideas, I could uh you know um chill out, you know, balance life, maybe spend more time with family more uh, not be so self absorbing go 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 so so those are the things that we all have to question ourselves every day and then and then you know, I was just talking with my wife the other day. it's like feels like I've been running for ten 10 ten years running, and it just feels weird to not run um because you're just so used to it. Then but sometimes you need just to relax and take it take it off and recharge and and think about you know others beside yourself and your career and what you wanna do and and you know it's like um, that's that's I hope to try to be better at in and 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 as we all try to navigate these crazy times and um so yeah I hope you know we like I said we still have our pencil and 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 notepad and final draft and we could still keep writing
0: yeah sorry I have to bring up this it's cliche but just the scene in Forrest Gump where he's running and everyone's like oh he stopped okay wait hang on hang on he's gonna speak he's gonna speak and then all he just says is I'm tired now I think I'm gonna go home yeah that's
1: that's I mean yeah that movie is excellent in every single way and it it, because it's because those those scenes those moments are relatable it's it's like that's why all these great the great songwriters the great screenwriters they they do something so simple and it makes you feel like you can do it and that's the best part to r- write a song to make you want to go and learn how to play a guitar that's amazing for everyone so we, that to uh, ha- have force gump or princess bride or do these things and you're like hey I, that's something I want to do you know whether we ever achieve that th- that's not the case it's just I, you want to give it a shot and I think uh, you know, covid kind of for those who even were thinking if it's difficult out there to try to be a filmmaker just find your half-priced books and buy a book and read and write and and don't don't think about what's happening in 10 years think about if it makes you happy today and if, if you could write a story You know, I think that's the
0: important part.